Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey guys, welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. The podcast is presented by Elite Archery. Super thankful for the Elite Archery family. Yep, um, They did a cool post for us, kind of shouted us yep. out for some of the yeah. critters we killed with our bows this year. Elite did some work this year. Well, they did. Uh, the Green Bastard, I think, was the one bow that got the most conversation. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like that. <laughs> they didn't like it? Yeah, there's a few, I saw a few comments that were hating on the color, I guess. I don't know. Hate? I don't know. I think it's cool. Some people were asking like if it disturbed the deer, but not one single deer cared about it. Disturbed him to death. What's yeah. up? Hey, it's cocky, man. <laughs> Big, like it. Big Acorn didn't mind it. Yeah. That's weird. I thought people were like, man, that's cool. Yeah, a lot of people liked it, but there were some people concerned with it. Yeah, anyway, leadarchery.com. Uh, code WCB will save you some money. Um, buy a bow on a, online, ship it to a local dealer, and everybody wins. We win because you use the code. You win because you save some money. Your local dealer wins because they get to set up your bow, and it works out great for everybody. Yep. Uh, Elite Archery. Big time. <clears throat> Man, I think we've killed one, two, three, for sure three bucks this year out of big time plots. Um, buck brunch for me. Austin, you had? Combination of buck brunch and clover. Yeah, and some borderline. And borderline, yep. So Big Time is uh, showing its worth there for us. Code WCB2021, save save yourself some money on Big Time. Uh, good people over there. Uh, WCB2021, that will probably change to 2022 if you're listening in 2022. <laughs> and then so forth until they fire us. Yeah. Um, so just kind of, you know, keep on the up and up on social when they fire us. And then the code, you know, obviously went no longer work. <laughs> Not Keep trying, of, though. Not a lot of laughter <laughs> in the studio on that one. <laughs> um, spy point trail cams, man. We've been using link micros a lot. Uh, the cell links mm -hmm. uh, performing great for us. I Lithium batteries, uh, make sure everything's updated. <clears throat> There's some right now holiday sales going on. I think you can get a link micro for like 100 bucks or less. Cheap, cheap. There's two packs. Um, we, lo we love them. And <clears throat> the Insiders Club. Yep. We, they're doing the truck giveaway and all the goodies, and the giveaway has kind of just been building and building and building. So if you are if you have a spy point and you're not an Insiders Club member, I'd probably hop on that. Hey, we big time. There's a I just remember this. 
Joe was like, hey, we got to buy one, get one. Yep. And Doug forgot. See what I did? I remembered magically. It was almost too late. Uh, the big time Christmas, was it BOGO? BOGO. Buy oh. one, get one free. Use code BTFCBOGO. Valid through December 8th, the 25th. Buy one, get, get one. Get some foundation clover. 8th through the 25th. Okay, cool. I, f- I almost forgot Joe would have fired us. That code, <laughs> that whole thing? He would have. Would have been serious if I would have forgot. Mm-hmm. Good thing I, I remembered. I saved ourselves a Good thing you're here. job. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for me. Um, <laughs> Rogue Ridge e-bikes. Uh, man, I don't know. I've been talking so much about Rogue Ridge because I actually love them. I've only hunted one time this year without them. Legit. I can say that. Like, that's factual. Um, I'm rocking the RM750. Which one are you rocking? The RF? I don't know what it is. R- the folding F. one. Yeah, I can't even remember the... Did you use yours <clears throat> a lot riding into the stand? Not a lot. Probably half a dozen times, maybe. <sighs> You're missing out. I don't, well, the one spot we can't use them, so. Right, you can't use anything like that. Nope. So, <sighs> sucks, but. But yours is like the turkey hunting e-bike. Which I don't know why I got that one, but. Doug will use it. <laughs> Doug will use it, yeah. Yeah, give it to me. I'll just ride in the basket out to the, stand, out to the blind with <laughs> just him. Just put a six-pack of beer in there and ride it. <laughs> like, or, like, call, or call on the side. Just. Like E.T. Just in the front <laughs> basket, <laughs> right. wrapped up in a blanket. Yeah. Put E.T. in it. Doug, I'm cold. Rogue Ridge. Um, I love mine, man. I think uh, it's one of those things, once you use one for a season, you a lot of people are like, man, that's that's almost as much as like a used four-wheeler. I'm like, yeah, but you realize I use mine more than a four-wheeler. I use my e-bike more than I use my side-by-side. Like, Way more. I didn't actually use my side by side at all. It's, it's one crazy of those products how you, you you think you don't need it, and then you use it, and you're like, man, I can't live without this thing now. It, you don't know you needed it until you use it. And you're like, yeah. man, like just the entry and exit is like that. That's what they're built for. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy. Like I got the one spot, and I can tuck it up to this bush, like literally twenty yards from my stand. Mm-hmm. And you can't even see the damn thing. Yeah. You couldn't do that with a four wheeler. A lot of guys were asking what we did with them, like that. You know. Yeah. I, I just put them underneath the base of the tree or tuck it in some grass. Yep. And it's been fine. I've had deer come up, and I actually have one big one-sided buck come up and like look at it and do the whole head wave thing, and then just continued about his way. I don't know, not a problem on my end. I love I love them. Rogue Ridge, uh, Scent Crusher, you know the gear bag, the roller bag. We've been talking about them for a long time. We use ozone, and that being said, because we use ozone doesn't mean that we ignore the wind. But if you can use both, um, especially if you're cutting the wind hard on a big buck, what we call now a whiskey wind, it um, helps. It, it might be the thing that makes a difference in your hunt. Um, Old Barn Taxidermy, they're in Fort Madison, Iowa. We love everybody at Old Barn. Um, we've been keeping them busy yep. um, with a lot of stuff. And, man, I still got I got some critters there. We all got critters there. Yeah. Finally yeah. took my first mount there this year. Yeah, your first <laughs> ever? We started, yeah, since we started Oh no shit. doing work with them. Ross's yeah. full mount to Hundy is about done. Yeah. Yep. I, I saw it the other day. <sighs> I haven't got to see it yet. I got teaser pics. Dude, that's it. it's nice. It's nice. nice. <laughs> it's a it's a showstopper, dude. I'm anxious, man. Once it, you get that in Club 200, showstopper. <sighs> Sam's touching that one. Oh man, I'm telling you, you're it was, gonna it was be looking good from what pictures I've seen. It looked when we walk good. in and see it. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be full tilt. <laughs> it's six to midnight. It yeah. is going to set off Club 200 in a way that I don't think you understand yet. Okay. Well, I'm anxious, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Old Barn Taxidermy, Novix Tree Stands Code, Working Class 21. Uh, we've been rocking. This is not like a, a strange question for late season, what we're running. Um, the Hilo. Hilo, yeah. And what sticks. I like <coughs> full-length sticks better than I like the minis. Yep, and the doubles. Um, 
I like doubles, but I've been using the other regular sticks too. I'm a double guy. Just depends what you like. Doubles yep. nice for the top stick for sure. Yep. Uh, just so you can get in there and hang. And then uh, camo fire. Um, Doug has kind of taken away with camo fire for his plug. Talking about delete your browser history so your wife doesn't <laughs> find out where you buy all your shit. You gotta do what you gotta do. And here, I'll give you an example. I'll pull up camo fire right now because this is how cool it is. It's always, it's ever changing on the deals. And it's just kind of fast fire deals, really. Um, right now, there's items on here. I mean, there's always something different. It reloads and they, t- they time out. Uh, different clothing, uh, 30% off, bunch of jackets, 50% off, 25% off, 38% off from knives to sleeping bags, different sleep systems, pants, gloves, beanies, gaiters, um, bibs. There's a knife sharpener, 40% off. I mean, there's a pack, 30% off. You just scroll through, there's always a different deal, and it times out, and it'll refresh. So you can find good deals, especially around Christmas time, and then delete your browser history, Yep. and your old lady will never know where you bought. That way, if she's like, where have you been buying this stuff? Be like, how many times you went to Target this week, bitch? And you can yell at her. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't say bitch. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. Easy. But I don't know your guys' relationship. Maybe that's something you guys do. I'm not here to judge. I'm here to promote Camel Fire, and you kind of do whatever you want in your relationship from here. You know, I can't, I don't dictate how you talk to your wife. Yeah, that's on you. I got that off Chappelle's show, by the way. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We're idiots. Sorry about that, guys. I didn't mean for that to come off that way. Uh, loophole optics, man. Um, 10 by 42s, 12 by 50s. Those are our, our go-to. BX, BX4s, BX5s. We've been rocking. Um, don't have fear of missing out in the woods. See what you need to see. And then uh, rangefinders, man. Rock the the full draw. Yep. yep. Killer. Wrap it up. Love it. it thanks to all our partners, guys, and thanks uh, for you guys for supporting them. It means a lot. And then Doug has a veteran shout-out. I feel, I feel, it feels quiet in here. It does feel I need quiet. more interaction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need you guys to drink uh, more. I'm as trying. always, this uh, veteran shout-out is brought to you by Operation HHA USA. This is submitted by Amanda Phillips, and the veteran is Braden Phillips. So it's his wife that submitted it. So good on her. Nice lady. Sweet girl. Uh, it says, my husband, Braden served in the Marine Corps infantry for four years and did two developments, two deployments in Afghanistan. He struggled to find a hobby after his service until he found his way into archery. It's made such a positive impact on his life, and he's excited to pass his passion on to our two sons. They're six and two. Awesome. So thanks for submitting that, Amanda, and uh, cool. thank you for your service, Braden. Thanks, Braden, cool. for your service. Mm-hmm. Good thank luck you, in sir. the future seasons. Hopefully good luck this season, too. Heck and, yeah. You it's, know what I bet you Braden doesn't have to do? Delete his browser history from Camofire. Nope. Yeah. That's how awesome his wife is. She seems pretty cool. Hey, I do want to read a message quick. I say bring that up. If you guys don't mind. Um, It's a cool message we got today. And I I posted it on our socials, and I deleted a few things. So um, cool message. Somebody reached out, and I just wanted to read it. And I thought it was, um, I don't know, it was kind of emotional, to be honest with you. Um, Hey, uh, He said, congrats on my two bucks. I'm sure you get these messages a lot, but I had to drop you one um, and let you know that you and the boys had a serious impact. I'm a police officer, and in March of 2020, I was shot, and the other officer that I was with was killed. Before, I had only rifle hunted, and that was just because it was something two weeks out of the year. After the shooting, I went through a serious phase where I didn't want to do anything except sit on the couch by myself and do nothing. Um, I was an ass to everyone, my wife, my friends, my coworkers, and really isolated myself. 
One of the things they tell you in therapy is that you have to find a hobby or something to motivate you that's not work-related but keeps you active and busy. A short time later, a close friend turned me into you guys into your guys' podcast, and a week later, I bought my first bow. Um, I couldn't get enough of you guys, and I listened to you guys every chance I had. Um, I dove head head first into the jeez into the stuff um, shooting um, in the summer, shooting my bow every day. Um, I got into property management, all of it. I haven't gotten a chance at a monster yet, but in October, I smoked a doe with a bow, and it was the best feeling. I know you guys catch shit for people on Facebook and all kinds of stuff, but I just wanted to let you know that what you're doing goes beyond hunting, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who's been seriously and positively impacted by your podcast. I'll keep listening, and if you ever want to come down, let me know, and I'll hook you guys up. Thanks, brother. Awesome. Awesome Awesome message. That one cuts deep. That was pretty cool, man. That's right. That made made our day right there. So shout out to you, man. You know who you are. I just when, didn't when want you to send a shed a shed a tear. I got emotional. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I read that to my wife and she's like, Whoa, like that's yep. pretty yeah. wild. So um shout out to everybody that supports what we do. Um and we we appreciate the hell out of you. And shout out to everybody on Patreon. You know, you guys don't have mm-hmm. to do that. But it's cool, you guys go a little extra and, and help us out. That's uh it means more to us than you know. It means a lot. And as we move forward into uh growing WCB as a brand an honest brand uh we're gonna do more shit for you um yep. time time will allow us to do more but we got some fun stuff in the works and uh more more um exclusive stuff i'm hoping uh I, patreon just did an update and patreon's gonna allow us to do live videos directly in patreon and do oh, that'd be du- sweet. and do direct video uploads to patreon and normally you have to upload it to youtube and then put them in patreon mm, sure so that will allow us to do more exclusive stuff. Can we go live direct on to? I, I think so. Yes, that'd be sweet. Have people like kind of get on there and yeah. ask questions or them. yeah, yeah. So we can do like BS sessions in there. Yeah, you know, so it'll be fun. But anyway, uh, thank you guys for being here. We're gonna get into the podcast, get into some stories, and uh, thank you. There's a lot of new ears, probably, and eyes on this episode specifically. So welcome to the working class bow hunter family. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Hunt from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like Working Class Bow Hunter. It's really, really not that good. Working class bow hunter podcast. Apologize for the long intro. Um, we could have read our trade show schedule, but we didn't want to drag it out too far here. Um, another podcast in the books here. Another um, another hunt episode. We're doing a lot of big buck episodes lately, which is kick ass. It's that time of year. It's that time of year. It's nice. It's oh, yeah. funny because it's after like the the craze of late October, November. So then this is when we get our schedule in of all the big buck killing episodes, yep. and we still have, I mean, I don't know, a bunch, a bunch lined up, and then stuff I haven't even put on the schedule, which is good. It's good. I like talking big bucks, and really, I think everybody else should too. But myself, Kurt Geyer's in studio. Doug Schmidt, Eric Common, Austin Chandler, Ross Baker, 
Jordan Gensmer. Jordan Gensmer. What's up, buddy? How are you? You're kind of like the guest, but not the guest. Right. I love it. You, you, you've, you've sat in on a few now. I have. It's, Pull back and let go. Pink house neon. Yep, that's the me. WCB bartender. That's right. Mm-hmm. Hired. Hired right. help. Yeah. We need to do <laughs> make, sure, make sure you tip your bartender before you leave, boys. <laughs> and then we got Wade, our, our resident camera guy, sitting in between the cameras having an old fashioned. Good guy. wonder where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> I made it. Bam. <laughs> so let's cut into it, boys. Austin. You're back at it again, brother. Man, it, uh, it's been a hell of a ride, boys. This one's been crazy. This one's been a little wild. <laughs> yep. A little wild. Um, to say the least. But, dude, I mean, you killed, this year you killed a 165, right? 160. Well, started out with a moose. Started out right? with a moose. So it's been, uh, it's been a dream season. I mean. For sure. You, if you sit back and look at the beginning of the season, you really couldn't dream up what has actually happened. Yeah, for um, sure. It's it's been an emotional roller coaster. Um, it's just been crazy, and mm-hmm. just feel so blessed to have had the season that I've had, and to be able to share it with everybody is really awesome. Yeah, yeah. definitely, man. I, I mean, the Moose Podcast, I think right now is one of the top podcasts of the year. I have to double check, but it's up there. Yep. So I, everyone was like rooting for you guys out there, which is cool. That's awesome. Came home successful. Yep. Then we did. Well, it was kind of cool. We did the the podcast about your other big buck and a Drury working class on Deercast episode yep. like back to back is the way it worked out. Yep. And we didn't really plan on it to work. It just that's how it worked. We had you scheduled, and that's for the Drury one that just worked out beautifully. Yep. So um, yeah, I mean, go from that, and then so in that episode, you mentioned the other big buck you were hunting that you saw him. Yep. So my season's pretty much been dedicated to this one deer. Um, it, when you get a picture of a deer like this, it's kind of a no brainer. I mean, you, you almost have to dedicate your season to that deer. Yeah. He's just mm-hmm. such a, an incredible animal. Um, there was no way I was going to settle for anything less. And so unique. Yeah. It's, it's just been a, a crazy story, but it, the story, uh, the story started last year, actually, when my wife had an opportunity at this deer, and he was a mega last year, and unfortunately, she shot low on him. It was a similar situation to what I had, same same spot, same blind, and uh, actually shot right under this deer. So uh, I was tagged out, so my wife got to be in the hot seat, but that kind of started the whole obsession with this deer and just... Yeah. anxiously awaiting the first trail camera picture for this year. Did you have a lot of, I, I know I remember seeing footage of him, right? Of last year. So I have footage of him. I actually videoed him coming out the exact same spot where he came out the night that I shot him. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty wild actually to compare the two videos. Actually, I, I think I shared the one in our group chat if we wanted to pull it up and look at it, but he comes out of that plot and almost walks the exact same way. And crazy. Yeah. A year later. And I can't remember the date on Leah's, but it's within two weeks of oh, no the same kidding. time. So, uh, you had a lot of trail cam pictures too. I'm trying to remember what he looked like. I because so, uh, can you pull up the group chat? Because I shared yeah. pictures of him from last year. I shared that video. Um he he was gnarly last year. He had uh he was more typical. He didn't have as many non-typicals, but he had a big end line on the left side, and then he had a split two on the left Is side. And down here in this. Yes. So that's up top. That was him last year. These trail cam pictures? Yep. So go one oh. go one more to the right. So oh, shit. 
that picture right there oh, is yeah. the, that picture right there we were sitting in the restaurant kind of celebrating my traditional season that we had last year and that's the first picture i got of him and i'm like holy cow look at this thing <clears throat> yeah, and yeah obviously a fully mature animal last year um so he's got a little scar on his back yeah well he's thick chested too i mean you, he's you can tell he's mature and this is footage this, of him yeah last this year? is him last year coming out within 10 yards of where he came out this year and approaching the plot the exact same way it's kind of grainy there. It's hard to see, but this he, must be a video of a video. It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. But he would. I'm, I'm painting a broad picture here. Right? It's it's Android. It's Android quality. Right. Yeah. It's like Grand Theft Auto Three. <laughs> <laughs> but you get Jeez, you get the stud. idea. He's a mega last year. Like yeah. pro, I was saying, wow. six. I was saying sixties after seeing him this Way year. Way bigger than sixties there. Probably probably seventy. Yeah. I'd say mid high seventies. Don't you think? Well, he yeah. He was, I would guess he's conservatively 70 there. Yeah. 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 Um, and came out, gave my wife the shot. Of course, she's not the experienced bow hunter that, that we all are. And uh, in the heat of the moment, after watching him for 20 minutes, just gradually feed closer, you know, it was a big buildup. And she, she shot about two inches under him. And yeah, it's a lot of pressure. She yeah, she sure. was kind of deflated, and she's like, you know, my heart's just not in it after this. I, I think I'm done. And we still had like a week of season or a couple weeks, I can't remember, but I'm like, all right, well, it'll give us something to look forward to. You know, we'll walk in and we'll right. pick, pick his sheds up this spring. Yeah. So we uh, we got snowed in or iced in, actually. We had a major ice storm mm -hmm. and year. my buck brunch was awesome. Like I had plenty of food there. I'm like, this farm's gonna hold the deer that it typically does in the late season. They mm -hmm. just pack in there and, and that buck brunch holds them. And when that ice storm hit, my cameras just went dead. I'm like, oh no. That's not good. Mm -hmm. So that buck brunch was iced in so hard they couldn't dig through it, mm -hmm. and they moved out and they went to food somewhere else. And that's like something standing or I'm something. Not, I'm not sure where they went. All I know is they weren't on that farm. So when I went in that spring to pick up sheds, normally I find 30 sheds on that farm on a 160. Damn, it, it holds a lot of deer in the late season. Mm -hmm. And this year I I found less than 10. Yeah, I'm I remember. Kidding. I do remember us during shed season you're like man i'm kind of blown away by it yeah. that I, it really bummed me out i was really looking for a big scoop on that one and came up real short and did you hear about anybody else finding sheds to them or anything that didn't really no i mean not to this deer i never saw pictures nobody ever contacted me i'm, Don't I'm just guessing, piss you off that's just a squirrel ate them i'm guessing they're laying in the squirrel patch somewhere <laughs> that's <laughs> squirrel patch. but that, yeah, I, yeah. that that ice last year it did some goofy shit to deer man it, it did. did yeah the deer still want to come out Dude, imagine out. how much that how hard that'd be on you oh you my know? god it's it like, stressed them you, you can't get out of it it's just all your food's covered up i mean yeah. man i remember i went out late muzzleloader and I couldn't even break through the ice. Yep. It's, Having a deer trying to break through that shit. Can you imagine being so hungry that you're eating like tree bark? No. Like that just, they survive on a lot of browse when it gets like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a, it, it comprises a big percentage of a whitetail's diet when they get iced in hard like that. Yeah. And obviously a plot like a standing bean plot shines when you get hard ice like that. Yeah, definitely. Easily accessible. It's right there. And yep. yeah, I mean what white tails go through was just amazing yeah it was crazy there was a farmer around us that's a big bow hunter and he took his skid loader out there and just broke through the ice and scraped it back smart i think he had every deer in that county in that field <laughs> yep. well i mean and i actually did that in this plot but i, I was just too late that by the time i knew there was a problem they were already gone i should have right. been on it a little bit more a, a yeah. week sooner and i probably would have held some more deer we had a conversation about that 
I think probably right about when this happened with, with all the ice about, um, you know, in Illinois, you can't supplemental feed, right. but you guys can in Iowa after season. And it's like, man, when it, the weather gets brutal like that, it's like, yeah. And, and I'm not saying that we're out feeding deer in Illinois where it's illegal. We're not, but it's almost, it makes you want to be like, fuck the law on this. Like, I feel like it's ethically better to get these deer some food because they're like, yeah. in one year, the ice guys remember shed hunting. I don't know. Was it Dana? So, or someone, maybe it was someone just posted online. They found a, a doe bedded frozen solid, like yeah. it rained and then froze. That was that, that was last year. Dangerously cold temperatures, major ice. I mean, just hard on all wildlife. Yeah. Cause we got like three inches of rain and then it just, the yep. temps just oh, plummeted man. and then oh, it kept raining. I, I actually, for I actually found a shed next to uh, our big pile of round bales. Oh, really? They, yeah. I think they eating were up the easy there, food, any food. They were eating the easy food that was oh, yeah. not frozen solid. I mean, they were up yeah. there munching on the bales. Man, I mean, so makes I was, sense, right? I was concerned for this deer. Like, I didn't know, you know. After he, the rut and then yeah, a hard freeze. He was and, healthy enough. He looked healthy when Leah shot at him. and and uh, But it was still just brutal enough. I thought, man, you know, that deer could have not made it. Mm-hmm. So I went through the whole summer prepping that farm for this deer, not even knowing that, that he'd made it through, you know, hadn't found his sheds and just kind of going on a prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, went through, went on the successful moose trip, just practiced all summer practiced my ass off with that elite i i shot traditional last summer and had intentions of coming back after the moose trip and shooting traditional on whitetails and it just didn't feel right i wasn't shooting good i hadn't shot it all summer i was just out of my groove Mm -hmm. so i picked up the elite i left my rig the same shooting a heavy arrow uh, for my moose setup (laughs) and just drilling tacks with it i mean shooting great you know 60 yards was very comfortable for me and uh season kicked in and as everybody probably knows by now i'm a rut guy i love the rut and i guess i better back up i missed the first picture i got of him uh he walked by my camera at october 9th i think it was and i've got that picture there but he uh he went by my camera and i got the side profile of him and at the time i wasn't sure that it was him but i'm like this is the only deer size wise that really matches up with, with like him. Leah's bucks, the only buck this could be that I know of, unless it's just a strange buck that I don't know. Right, right. So Mondo. it was immediately a suspicion that it was him, but from the side, I just couldn't tell enough. And he looked like from the side, he looked like a big typical 10 with extremely long threes. We all argued about this, mm-hmm. not argued, but we debated it. Yep. Mm-hmm. We strongly debated it and, about what he was. And it's, you know, you pull out the pen and paper and you just start scoring in your head like, well, this times this, this and this. You guess on beams, you guess on mass, and you just start putting a score together. And right from that first picture, I'm like, I think that deer could be 70s. Mm -hmm. Like, he's he's got long tines over 10 inches, and he's got like an 8-inch four. Mm -hmm. I said, when you're looking at 8-inch fours, you know, you're probably looking at a 70s type deer Mm -hmm. or better. So we we the season's rolling he's not regular i get that one picture of him there and then i get another picture of him maybe two weeks later uh he's on a little clover plot actually kind of on uh one side of my farm not in the center of it and the rut rolls in and he's uh i think it was november 3rd was the first picture i had of him in the rut i was setting i was actually setting on the farm and he daylighted i was setting in the stand about probably two to 300 yards from where the camera went off. It was like, I don't know, eight o'clock in the morning. And he, it's a really cool picture of him. Old gray face, gray ears, 
uh, his ears are pinned back, so he's pissed at somebody. Mm-hmm. I can't see the buck in front of him, <laughs> but you get the. I mean, you you can see the drop tying and just see the mass, and it's like, God damn, that's a stud. Yeah. And the next day, I'm like, I'm going. You know, I want to get in on that ridge. He's obviously he's betting right in there. And uh, that night, he blew up that ridge camera, and he blew up the clover plot camera. So he was on two different cameras in one night. So I'm like, this deer is all over this farm right now. Mm -hmm. And he's he's out moving. Well, like I said, it'd been, you know, two weeks span between trail camera pictures. And so now I always say strike when the iron's hot. Well, when he's popping two cameras off in the same night and you got him the morning before it's, that's about as hot as it gets. Mm -hmm. So I go in that morning, this is uh, November 4th and I get up in the saddle and if anybody's listened to the the first episode on my first buck, sorry, it's giving you shit. You got to give me some shit, but you were hanging out of them too this year. No, I wasn't. <laughs> so, so what you, was that? What was that episode on my first buck? Like four sixty one, I think. First saddle buck. The buck oh, from this oh. year. I think it was episode um, four sixty one. Let me check. Um, I I'm sitting there hanging there in anticipation of this deer, and. It was, I think, around 8 o'clock in the morning. This other stud comes in bumping a doe, and I let him walk by, and then I look at him from the back as I'm Snapchatting him. 481. 481, my bad. You pulled a dug? I pulled a dug. I let him go by. I'm like, man, this is a great deer. You know, he was white. He was heavy. And he come back, and I ended up cranking him, and he runs like 30 yards and piles up. And uh, I knew I knew the deer. I had pictures of him on another farm. So I, I get down, look at him, admire him. Uh, he's a solid deer. He ended up going 160, almost 165. Yeah, 164 and like, I don't remember some change. Yeah. I measured him. But it's funny because that deer grew on you. He did. I, I figured he was solid 50s. When I got down and looked at him, I'm like, yeah, he could be 60. End up being a little better. Mm-hmm. Short t- short twos, uh, big mass, big frame, nice fours. He, he was fairly like consistent, though, for the most part through everything. Very symmetrical deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's probably my highest netting deer. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'd yeah. say that deer is awesome. And it's funny because we put that buck next to my buck, and it's like, wow, yeah, it's like you see two mid-60s bucks, but in different form. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like tall and tine and just kind of like wide and heavy yep. a little bit you know yep very different deer but scored the same almost yeah, yeah. so pretty cool my, my intentions when i went into that stand was to not shoot any deer other than this one well mm-hmm. that deer gave me a chip shot and he was just i mean he was a mid-60s deer and a passive so i went ahead i shot him and i i gave him about five minutes i'm like i can't take it no more i got to get down and look at him mm-hmm. so i walked over checked him out he was awesome just really pumped with that whole encounter and kill. And uh, I thought, well, if my chances are really good at seeing this big deer this morning, you know, I knew he was blowing that camera up. I'm like, it's November 4th. I'm, I'm going to keep sitting. Yeah. So I had two tags in my pocket. So I climbed back up in the tree and I had been there, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 minutes. And I hear a grunt. And it's you when you hear the old buck grunt, you can just kind of tell the difference. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh God, there he is. And he's behind me. And I turn around and look, and I could see him on the ridge and didn't have my binoculars up at first. He was probably a hundred yards from me, and he his head kind of goes behind a tree, and I lift up my binoculars and I could see the drop on the one side, and I could see this kicker on his left beam. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well. 
I know who it is. There's no reason to look anymore. Like I'm obviously going to shoot this one. So I put the binoculars down and swung around in my saddle. He's directly behind me. So it's a comfortable shot in the saddle when they're mm -hmm. directly behind you. So I went ahead and made the swing and <laughs> the wind is blowing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> The wind is blowing right for this deer yeah. and it's in the morning. So I'm like, well, my thermals are, are going up, you know, I'm going to mm -hmm. be safe. There's no way this deer is going to get me. And he had about a 10 yard stretch there where he was directly downwind to me. And I caught a flash and pulled the minox up and all I could see is his tail going over the ridge. Mm. I'm like, oh no. And I waited about 10 seconds and the first blow and the second blow mm. and after about 10 or 15 blows i'm like dang well he got me you're just like all right i'm <laughs> yeah, leaving we get it so pretty much the worst thing you could ever hear and of course i'm i'm still right. jacked because i just killed a stud of course but my target deer just pegged me harder than i've ever been pegged before <laughs> right. i've never had a mature deer just totally nail me like that you know what's funny i think the same day Clint had an encounter, or, or like within a 24-hour period, he had his big mature bug, like peg him the same way. Yep. Just blew him up like that. He called me, and we were kind of bouncing off each other like, dude, I, he's like, dude, I've never had one hit me like that. I'm like, dude, it's, it's the same with me. It's just a big deer. When a big deer gets you, he turns around, tucks tail, and, and trots Slips. out. He gets out. Yeah. But this one did not he yeah, wanted he everybody mad. to know that i was in his bedroom and right. it was not right right well i mean it, it, you weren't invited yeah you weren't invited well plus he was looking for his homie and that's <laughs> when i heard when i heard the grunt it made me think like that wind's blowing to him so my dead buck's laying 50 yards west of me and he's straight south or north of me i'm like i wonder if he didn't catch the scent of that buck and grunt as he was coming in to investigate mm. uh either that or he was with the group of deer when i shot that first big one and he was with that group and then he was just kind of milling around and came in after oh, yeah, after maybe. all the commotion i'm not Could sure have. which can but. you imagine if you'd have shot him that day you'd have just been like a 160 and a, just another mondo yeah. together he, like nuts he was on the trail coming to me if i wouldn't have been there and he wouldn't have busted me he would have tripped my camera he'd have been 20 yards in front of me no kidding yeah so <laughs> i came very close to doubling on that day that's why i buy both tags right away man so, so you have to you man. have to i have my buddy and my jim burns had that happen shot <laughs> hey a buck. should we have him on the podcast i love it, love it. <laughs> um shot a buck and then had another one come in couldn't shoot it because he didn't buy both his tags and yep. he's like always oh, buy and ever since then i'm like yep i'll take two combos please yeah that's right <laughs> two resonant combo or combos with the fries yeah well when you have a hot dog come in i mean you guys have seen it before where there's five bucks on her yeah and i've oh, seen yeah. i've seen two slammers on the same dough before you mm -hmm. just never know what's going to happen i guess with this experience that's the second time where i've had two slammers come in within a half hour yeah i mean yep. when they're there they're there and it's like what do you, what, you, you know, just want to be you prepared. never know yep. you know how much more our families would like us if we just fill our tags in one day and <laughs> yeah, what, really what made the old lady happy for sure. Yeah. Hey, we only got to fill one. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because your state sucks. Actually, I wouldn't be mad if Illinois was a one book state, but that's a conversation for another podcast. <laughs> it is. So this bug blows you up, and you're kind of like, all right. Shit. Yeah, I get it. You got me. You win. So you get your other buck out of there. You know, you do that. We talked about that on another podcast. Yep. So you're interested in that story. 481. Yep. Um. So how long before? There's a trail cam picture or a visual sighting or yeah. anything 
after that? So I assumed that that deer was, you know, he was blowing me up that day, November 3rd and 4th, he was there, but he wasn't, he hadn't been regular on the farm. So I'm like, I'm betting his core area is probably a neighboring property. So I just kind of sat back and hunted fringes and tried to really let the heart of that, that pasture cool out. And I hunted that farm and the fringes of it just looking for that deer hoping to i had cameras placed all around i think i had five cell cameras going trying to pick him up and nothing just dead um i i had a couple nice bucks you know 30s type bucks and on november 17th i passed a giant eight pointer uh 25 yards broadside probably low 50s just a big clean eight mm. two foot wide i mean yeah that buck's insane eight inch yeah. brows just a monster eight I let him walk and you're a strong man. The, you are. Well, yeah. This, That's de so this deer was on my mind and I knew the season was early and I knew that I had that food plot on my farm. So I had a good chance that that deer was going to come back in and I get to see him. Yeah. Um, so November 17th sucked. I <laughs> let that one go. Jordan, he's still out there. Just remember that. He's still running around. <laughs> Anything can happen. That's right. So that was the 17th and of november of november by the end of november first of december it's it's starting away on you like all right it's been you know almost 30 days it's yeah. been over three weeks and no pictures no sightings um am i chasing a ghost like when he blew at me did he run onto the neighbors and get waxed and by they, somebody? yeah he got shot with a bow or um, just staying over there. Our our first gun season had already went through. You know, there was a pro, there was a chance that he could have been shot with a gun. So I got nervous enough. I started calling landowners I'd never talked to before. Um, you did. I, I did. I started calling up. I actually got to meet some really great guys that I'd never talked to before. I knew they were neighbors, but I never got to talk to them. Mm -hmm. um, and they said, "No, we we don't know of any drop tying deer." I was I shared pictures. Uh, they shared pictures with me. Um, did you recognize any deer they had not i mean they showed me deer that they had shot in the past years and and deer that they'd shot this year and just nothing that was interesting um <laughs> nothing that i mean nothing of this caliber i know you're saying you know, yeah, yeah. yeah that's so, what did you recognize any of the deer yeah even a couple of them oh you did yeah from years prior oh cool yep. cool but did you share did you like hey i got trucking pictures that buck I'll, yep. yeah that's kind of yep. cool that's and, cool. and the one neighbor's coming back he's like i i want to meet you the next time i come back he he knew who i was so that's pretty cool yeah it is cool um yeah it's cool to have that type of relationship because you'd be like man oh you shot that buck hey i got two years of trail cams like or, or you know, i might have the sheds uh, just shit like that's cool it is yeah. cool and you got it's this is kind of unrelated but you guys have heard me talk on the podcast about the big 11 before mm -hmm. he lived down by my dad's house well the neighbor ended up shooting him in gun season i passed him twice two years ago and had two years of sheds from him so i'm like dude uh, meet up with me when you get that buck mounted and I'll give you the sheds. I'll I'll send you the trail camera pictures and let you know some of the history on that deer. He's like, dude, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you'd want somebody to do that for you. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, anyways, um, feeling pretty down, pretty discouraged. You know, it'd been a long, you know, probably twenty five days, no pictures, no sightings, and uh, we had some friends in town hunting this new farm that I'd bought about 30 minutes south of my house, 30 minutes south of this farm. And they videoed a monster deer, uh, a big clean eight that we'd actually picked up sheds from. You were with us that day, Kurt, when we picked those antlers up yep. on my, on my south farm, Doug, you were there. Yep. Uh, I wasn't there. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were when I, Casey picked those sheds up. Oh, that day. Yeah, yeah. That, day, that day. Okay. So our friend Casey picked up this giant eight that I'd had pictures of. Mm-hmm. Um, big, massive, bladed brows, yeah. probably 10, 11 inch brows. Yeah. Uh, 27 and change on beams. Uh, 155 inch eight pointer with a tine that wasn't other than brow tines. He didn't have a tine that was eight <laughs> inches. Yeah. Big, yeah, big, hammer. big framey eight. So I'm like, you, and when they videoed this deer, it's the first time that I had seen him, knew of that he was alive on that southern farm. So I'm like, my my big one's not showing up on this north farm where I want him. Right. This deer's down here. Would I be happy ending my season with that eight? And after watching the video of him, I'm like, I could I could hang my hat on that. Like this is the one deer that I'd probably shoot other than this drop tine deer. Mm-hmm. So I remember I, that because we had a podcast that night and you're like, I found where the big eight is. I'm going in after him. I'm like, yeah. can be there, boys. I'm like, do your thing, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I snuck in there and I hunted him that night. This was, uh, it was the first day of our second gun season. So I wore my orange in, uh, had the bow in hand. And how dare you think you're better yeah, than all those gun hunters? We'll get some people riled up on that one. Too. I didn't know that was a thing until I killed my buck during second shotgun season with orange on with my bow. Yep. And then I realized socially unacceptable to do that. Right. And we have to be clear. It is legal to archery hunt during gun season in Illinois. If you have a valid firearm tag for that specific County, you have to use your firearm tag on that buck. <clears throat> yep. So archery season's technically closed, but you're correct. allowed to use your firearm tag. Yes. If you're correct. in blaze orange. So I went in, hunted that deer, uh, saw a pile of deer that night, but never saw that big eight. I'm like, well, that was fun. And, uh, few days later, I think it was two days later, Jordan, our buddy Jordan rolls into town and I'm pumped to get him on the farms and hunting. And you hadn't been in my house, what, an hour? Maybe. And we're just sitting there bullshitting and my uh, spy point goes off. I get an hourly report on my spy point cameras. You know, every, every two hours it sends me the report, sends me the pictures. And this was probably, I don't know, five thirty, six o'clock when I got the picture. Mm-hmm. And it was a picture of a big deer. And the picture was kind of grainy enough. It was at 4.20 in the evening, so the light was kind of fading out. Yeah, I'm like, holy shit, is that him? Like, that's a big deer. So I requested the high-res image. Yeah. And I don't remember how it took 30 minutes probably to get that high-res image. Of course, I was checking it every two. <laughs> and... The, Two gra- seconds. <laughs> the grainy picture turned into a really good picture and you could see a definitive drop tine hanging down off that right side. And I just about shit. I, <laughs> looked, at, I looked at Jordan oh, and I was freaking out. I'm like, holy shit. There he is. Kid in a candy shop. <laughs> this, this camera I hung in this specific place for one reason. And it was to catch this deer coming to that food plot. It was no accident that I had the camera there. Yeah. And uh, it'd been there maybe four days and caught him coming to that food source. I, it was a big time plot. Um, so I went in, I did some crazy stuff with borderline in it. I actually created a pathway. So I planted borderline all the way down to the plot and all the way down to the north side of the plot. So there's probably 10 feet wide where you can drive a truck down in between the paths of the borderline. It's smart too. Yeah. It gives you a nice entry exit without a lot of deer picking you up. The whole time Jordan was like, I'm just waiting for him to say, you can go hunt that. <laughs> he knew better. <laughs> George over there making Play-Doh snakes. Yeah, let daddy in there. And at the other end of the couch, Leah's rolling her eyes going, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> she knew. She knew she that knew. it was going to be she on until that deer was dead. Sleepless nights. Yeah. Yep. So. Hey, bless her heart. Yeah. 
So yeah, shout out to Leah. She's sweet. Yeah, sweet well, girl. Name the buck after. I mean, I felt bad that she missed it, but I thought, you know what? That'd be a nice name for that buck. That was Leah's buck. Yeah. She wasn't, she didn't call that she was done. You were like, honey, you're done. <laughs> you're done. You cut off. <laughs> you're done. You cut off. Yeah, strike one. That's all you get. Sorry. There's no two and three in this game, in this household. Yep. Same baseball. You got your chance. Now it's daddy's turn. Now it's the Lord's turn. <laughs> so, <five>. so <laughs> Leah anyway. hates that too. I know. Oh, yeah. God. So the uh, this food plot I've kind of built for this deer, and I did something <clears throat> different with it this year. I split it into two different uh, types of food. So on the east side of the plot, I planted... Uh, the uh, clover mm-hmm. foundation clover and then on the west side i planted the buck brunch and <clears throat> buck brunch has always been the money maker for me i mean it's always been tremendous all through the season mm-hmm. so when this deer is coming it, it, the picture is cool because he's looking at the food plot he's probably 100 yards north of it and you can see the redneck blind standing up in the background like in front of the deer and he's like looking towards the food plot and the blind so it's a really badass picture but uh it was that was december 5th when i got the picture when you rolled into town it was yep. december 5th yep. and i said i i think i messaged you guys i said i'm going in if he repeats tomorrow he's going to be in trouble yep yep and the preparation began for that next day i thought how can i prepare myself for this shot mm-hmm. you know because i had a really good feeling when, when you look at all the factors it takes to make a big deer get up and move in the daylight, everything was lining up on this day. Um, Especially that time of year. Well, it's a great time of year. You know, the second rut cycle's coming in. These young these younger does are coming back into heat, so that's one. Mm-hmm. Um, the temperatures were cooler than they had been, so there's a big one. That's probably the biggest one. Um, the barometric pressure was high. Of course, all these factors play in. That's what DeerCast is based off of. DeerCast was saying great. Mm-hmm. So everything's lining up. You got a picture of this deer going to your food source the day before. It's, I mean, people that have that hunt big deer know this is kind of the time you need to be in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fu- the forecast in the future was looking like shit. Uh, it was warming up. The The winds were horrible yeah. for the next 10 days. It was a south wind. I, <clears throat> I could get away with a northwest wind. What I wanted was a north or a northeast, but I could. it, it was a big-time whiskey wind northwest. So when we refer to a whiskey wind, it's, it's a wind that works for the deer but also works for you. Very cutting the edge of it almost not working yep. for you. Yep. So but, why, why, what was the reason? Why did we end up calling it a whiskey wind? That's, we did that at Club 200 at Ross's place with Kyle Weeder from White Till or uh, from – Adrenaline. White to adrenaline. No, adrenaline oh, junkies. Adrenaline junkies. Yeah. Or adrenaline, just adrenaline now. A lot yep. of a lot of adrenaline going on. That's right. On. Um I don't remember what we is it because <laughs> it's kinda out. like you're taking a shot at it? That might be. Is that it. why we called it whiskey wind? I honestly don't remember. We were drinking a lot of we were drinking whiskey, whiskey so I don't know. when we named it whiskey wind. But I think it, you're just you're taking a shot. Yeah. Well, I've hunted this redneck a lot. I put in years in this redneck and I passed hundreds of deer out of it. So I've got a good idea what I can get away with wind-wise and what I can't. And Northwest is really pushing the envelope. Like, I get busted a little bit every once in a while, Northwest wind. These deer coming off of this one ridge get me as they're coming into the plot because they're facing the winds in their nose as they're coming in. So Northwest wind's about as as risky as I get with it. If it's West-Northwest, I don't don't hunt it. I get too many of them catch me. Mm -hmm. So I, I I said, you know, Northwest wind, it'll work every other wind coming up for the next 10 days is south. Like I'm screwed after this, unless I bring in a hang and hunt and hunt 
the yeah, deer as he approaches the food, which I've never done. It's risky in itself. I really didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So I knew that that was kind of my day. And for the next 10 days, that was going to be my big opportunity. So I really prepared for that opportunity and that shot. So that morning, of course, I slept four hours. So, <laughs> and I wanted to apologize to people about that. If I seem kind of off or not myself, number one, all this shit that's been going on with this deer is just really beat me down, but I'm run, I've been running on four to five hours of sleep since this deer, since December 5th. And what's today? It's been four or five days. The ninth. Ninth. It's wearing me down. So I'm, I'm not myself right now. Yeah. But, understandably. Um, so I think we're all a little tired. We've been kind of grinding here at the working class bowhunter headquarters a little bit. We've double recording and all sorts of shit going on. So yeah, we're yeah. all kind of like, <laughs> you know, blinking hard type of thing. Yep. But, but yeah, anyway, so that morning I get up and I say, first thing I'm going to do is make myself as scent free as I can. So I bring my clothes down. I wash all my clothes. I do two loads of camo. I bring them up, put them in the, in the roller bag, the scent crusher roller bag and run a 10 minute cycle, crush everything. And I bring my son into my mom's said, you're babysitting today. I'm, I'm going hunting. Daddy's <laughs> going hunting. I'm going to be in the blind by about one o'clock. So I, the time comes, I put all my camo on, I take my practice arrows out, I put my uh, nocturnal lighted knocks in them to make sure the weight's exactly right. Mm -hmm. uh, it's breezy, so I want to practice, you know, m pretty much my maximum range or around my maximum range that I'm comfortable with in that wind. And it just so happened to be 53 yards that I walked down, I didn't range nothing, I walked out, set it down, range back to my chair, because I set a chair up, I wanted to shoot out of a chair because that's I was going to be shooting out of a chair in a redneck. Yeah. So 53 yards is where the block was setting. Um, and I start shooting and I'm pulling, my shots are pulling right about six inches. So I'm glad that I shot. I don't know if it was the heavier, because it was cold. I, I had some extra layers on. I was layered up. My, my shots were about six, six inches off. So I went ahead and moved my HHA back to dead center. Uh, shot probably 15 or 20 arrows. I was feeling real good at 50, 53. I thought, you know, with, with the wind and everything, this is probably going to be about as far as I want to go. Like I'd like to see him within 50 yards. Yeah. So I, I felt confident. I had prepared as much as I could, uh, went in, got in the blind It's probably one o'clock. And as soon as I get up in the blind, my report comes in from my spy point And there was a deer that had just exited the plot like 10 minutes before I got into the blind. So I was like, well, that's kind of a good sign. They're already yeah. on their feet at one o'clock in the mm -hmm. plot. Yeah. It also makes you nervous when you walk in. You're like, yeah. oh, shit. That's what's a little bit. That's what's nice about the way this plot set up is I crest a big hill and I can kind of like peek my head up over it, especially with this borderline because I started the borderline right at the crest of this hill mm. for this reason. It breaks up my silhouette. So I can kind of look down and overlook this plot and see who's in it. And if the coast is clear, then I go ahead and scoot my hundred yards down in, drop down into the bottom and up into the redneck and... I'm home safe. Mm -hmm. That's all. did you wrap that borderline? Did you bring it all the way into the redneck? Yeah. Did you do you wrap? I'm just curious because like if I ever get a box spot, I'm like, do you wrap? Do you put plant the borderline around the base? Yeah. Of it? So I've got my double path where my truck can go by it. It runs all the way through the plot, so it actually divides the plot. So oh. deer that come in on one side or the other, they can't see the other side of the plot. So I actually have to walk through and cross this borderline and come in front of my blind to go to the other side. Mm, gotcha. So okay. I kind of designed it that way to kind of pinch deer towards me. Um, but yeah, I wrap the back of it. I wrap around the front of it. So 
if it's quiet enough, I can get down out of the redneck while deer are still in the plot and scoot out. That's awesome. Yep. That's smart. Yep. Very smart. That's stuff that you you learn from years of experience on a place and knowing like, okay, and I know if, cause you've been busted on that hill before. So you're like, Oh yeah. I'm just, I don't know for a fact, but I'm just assuming that you're like, I'm bringing this borderline all the way up on yep. top. Yep. Cause I'm not allowed to happen again to break your silhouette. And honestly, when I approached the blind that night, I kept my profile low. I like bent my back, bent down low. So I was below that borderline and it might be a good thing that I did because when this deer, I, I'm assuming he got up really close off his bed because it was 323 when I saw him at first. Mm -hmm. So he was up early. Like I'm guessing probably just got up off of his bed. So what time did you get in the blind then? Probably about one. Okay. So 323 is when you saw him. I, yeah. So uh, we'll, we're going a little fast. I'll slow sorry, it down sorry, a little bit. Sorry. But, uh, <laughs> Not trying to rush you. No. Uh, it was probably, I don't know, 2.30, 2.30, quarter to three, starting to get about that time when you'd expect to see the first young deer hitting the field and had a big group come in. It was five or six little bucks all in one group. No kidding. Come in and hit that buck brunch and fed in it. Uh, a little for, bachelor group. Yep. For about just 10 the, Little homies. Little homies. Yep. Just little guys, little four corns, one little eight, all, you know, one and a half, two and a half year old deer. And they fed in, did their thing, fed back out. Um, it was about quarter after three. I'm like, man, I got to piss. <laughs> and it's early okay. in the day. I got, I got like two hours left to set. Luckily, I had a bottle of water, chugged it, had my piss bottle. Went ahead, did my business, and... I'm just thinking of Dumb and Dumber right now. Yeah, oh, I know. Exactly. <laughs> Sucking Another on one. Grandpa's cough medicine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah? What's that? <laughs> That's nothing, sir. <laughs> yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah. So as I'm like zipping my shit back up, I look out the window and I see movement. I've literally got my pants. I, he pretty much caught me with my pants down. Okay. Like I'm got, in the process. Got, he caught you with your dick in the wind. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of like buttoning because it's cold. So I got like four layers of pants on. So I'm buttoning yeah, right. up all my shit. I hey, look out. Let's be honest. You can't see what you're doing because you got your bino harness on. Exactly. Hey, listen, we've all been there. Yep. Right. Say you haven't. You have. <laughs> Just a little guy. So, Hold up. <laughs> So I look over and I can see movement and I'm like, you got to be shitting me. Like the one time I decided to take a piss and here he is. I can see tines through the trees. I'm like, no fucking way. I've been, I've been, I had to piss for half an hour and I decided uh, to do it now. So, okay. So I literally leave my pants the way they are, pull up my binoculars and look, and there's a freaking drop tine hanging down. I'm like, no. you got to be shitting me. How far? 80 yards. <laughs> And coming. Hey. He's not coming. He's just standing there, just did, chilling. Did you... Okay, never mind. I was going to ask uh, too detailed. Yeah. We're not going to get into that. Because I saw... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get it. I want to make a joke, but I just... There's no good way to escape. There's no clean way to do it. There's no clean way to make a joke without being like, what the fuck are you thinking? Well, I had to pee and I had two hours left to set. So I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and get it down the way when it's slow. You know, there's... It, Not much activity. I'll do it before it heats up. Here's why I ask, or what, what I was. Here's why I was gonna make a joke about something I was gonna say, but decided not to. Papa Dave, when he killed the gyre buck, was pissing into a Gatorade bottle, and I believe we did a podcast with the gyre buck. And I, I'm gonna refresh that podcast, I think, and I don't know if he detailed this out, but from what he said, he was pissing the Gatorade bottle, 
and he heard something and he's like putting the cap on the Gatorade bottle and looks back and the garbuck was walking in. He's like, oh shit. Almost the exact same scenario. Yeah. Kind of crazy actually. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'll never forget that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so get everything tucked back in and <laughs> I'm watching. Okay, so it, it was out when he walked in. The mean taters. Yeah. So I, I'm watching him for a few minutes. I'm like, it's going to happen right now. It's yeah. three, it's three twenty three. It's two hours before it gets dark. Yeah. I mean, this deer is on his feet approach. He's within 20 yards of my plot right now on the, from the edge of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm obviously pretty jacked and I go down to move my bow. I set my bow down, you know, get everything situated. Um, and then I look up and he's gone. I'm like, okay, he'll he'll be, you know, he's just behind a tree or something. Mm-hmm. I sat there for 20 minutes. Trying to find him. And glassing, and there's nothing. I'm like, holy shit, he, he winded me, or he saw me getting my bow ready and moving it around, he's gone. Mm-hmm. You're farting the wind. I'm like, there's no freaking way that just happened. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting on this deer for 30 days, and I just fucked it up. Because you had to pee. Because I had my dick out. Had <laughs> your dick in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't say, don't get caught with your dick in your hand. Nothing ever good happens with your dick in your hand. So you can see the the roller coaster that this deer's put me through, right? Right. And it's just like one thing after another. Like, it can't just happen smooth. He couldn't have just waltzed into the plot. No, why would he do that? So I'm I'm like, I'm talking to God. And I'm like, I've just, you know, for 20 minutes, I'm like, please don't let that be the case like he's just back there he he saw a doe that's what happened he saw a doe he went down in the bottom he's chasing her around he's going to come right back up mm-hmm. so 323 is when i first saw him and it was about four o'clock i could see like i couldn't see the silhouette but i could just see something like a brown blob i'm like that doesn't look right and i threw the binoculars up and there he is he's looking he's about 100 yards back um he's probably 100 close to 130 40 yards back away from me looking right at the blind mm-hmm I'm like, okay, he's good. Like he didn't, he didn't win me. He's still wanting to come to the food. We're good. That deer stood there in that spot within three steps of that spot. He stood there, uh, watched a coyote go by him. He, he was froze solid, a coyote run 10 yards in front of him. He just stood there and watched the coyote. And he just kept looking at that blind. And what's going through my head is he remembers that shot from that blind mm. last year. And it just makes me wonder if he didn't remember that. Yeah, I mean, you wonder. Yep. He knew that blind was there. He knew it was kind of sketchy, fishy, fishy last season. So what's maybe, up with this shady ass box? Yep. Yeah. I would remember getting shot at. Yep. Yeah, you'd think. That's I mean, for sure. I feel like that probably something you remember. <laughs> you especially especially you in your bedroom. bedroom with a crossbow, maybe. You want? I mean, you, might, you lose sleep over that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I still remember. <laughs> <laughs> People don't forget. That guy would have missed me for sure if he would have shot at me. By the way. We need to find out what episode that is just to reference it, but he for sure would have missed. It's just crazy when they stand there, though, and just stand there forever, and you're like, what's going through that deer's brain right now? I think they're just mm-hmm. scanning. That deer was so still and just watching that plot. I mean, he's doing big deer things. He's yeah, just, right. He was doing what big bucks do. He was waiting on somebody else to come in and test the waters. Mm-hmm. He's doing and his he, homework. He waited there, and I, it was a half hour, and then... A half deer, hour of watch? Of- deer come up the ridge in front of him. And came out into the plot ahead of him, and then that's when he decided he was going to come. He watched that field for thirty minutes. He watched that field from four o'clock until almost four thirty. Big bucks no don't shit. care about time. Yep. I know they don't, no. but that's just—I mean, I, hey, they, ain't they don't care. Watch. They they don't care if they stand there for an hour and a half. It's he was there, there. standing there until he's right. He doesn't have an appointment. 
he was there early. He was there early. You know, he he was in the plot by four thirty, way early. Um, had plenty of time to do his thing. Yeah. And after there was, I don't know, two or three does, two or three little bucks, half a dozen deer come out in front of him, and like I said, this whiskey wind's blowing almost straight towards him. This little buck comes out and he starts veering to the south where he's going to get my wind. I'm like, don't fucking do it. Don't get my wind. Yeah. Yeah. And luckily he disappeared. And then in the video, you can see he actually loops around, comes in behind and is following that big deer into the plot. So I'm like, all right, big boy's not getting me. He's not getting me. We're good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I videoed that deer for, I don't know, it wasn't long, 30 seconds, a minute, whatever. Too long, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> well, I wanted to make sure I'm like, if it doesn't come together, I at least want the footage so I can kind of figure out what this deer is. Because I, I had several trail camera pictures, but I never got a good frontal. I could never really put that, all the pieces together. That's when we go together. back and we debated because his right beam wraps around. So at one point, it looks like he's, it, it's, he's a very strangely framed and structured buck. Like, mm -hmm. yep. he's constructed, constructed very differently. Yep. And when he's coming in, I'm getting an eyeful, right? So I had 30 minutes to watch him and analyze the rack and everything. I'm like, those are definitely, I call it a common three. You call it a non-symmetry point. It, yeah. it comes off. They basically split at the base of his G3s mm -hmm. and come out. And then on his left beam, he's he's got like a little, it almost looks like a little mini beam starting, but it's just like a little, uh, probably a five or six inch kicker coming off there. And there's a hole underneath of it. Yeah, and what we think it is, it's probably where botfly larva landed yeah. in velvet and created yeah. this cool little hole under it. But uh, I could see all that for the first time. Like I, the first encounter I had, I picked out that kicker, but I could never really tell what it was. So I got a pretty good look at it when he was coming in. Mm -hmm. But he's very confusing. Yeah, you yeah. actually have to like handle him to understand how he's like structured. Even measuring him, I'm like. That looks like a nightmare. I, I had to FaceTime Bucky, our good our good buddy, um, the measuring guy, Bucky, if you guys know him from a recent podcast. Um, I'm like, dude, what would you do here? Just double checking. I want to make sure I'm doing this right. And he's like, oh, yeah, you got this. Dude. You know what I mean? He's the guy to talk to for that. All so, right. like, I had to FaceTime him and get, like, confirmation. And so, anyway, like, that's just – that just goes to show him his structure. Very strange. Yep. Very wild looking buck, and the and the video is badass. You get to see this big bruiser oh, yeah. coming right at me, coming into this plot. Um, so he's he's covering ground now. Once he decides he's coming, he's coming. So I'm videoing him. I'm like, shit, it's time to do this. So mm -hmm. uh, I already I already had the window open. I'd opened it up probably five minutes prior because I I could see all these other deer coming on. I'm like, I already want this done. That way I don't have to do it when there's all these deer in the plot right in front of me. Yeah. Right. So the window was open. He, uh, and he's coming and it's funny because he, he cut the first, when he came in the second time, he's probably 10 yards South of where he came in with Leah. So we're almost the same spot. And then he cuts and he angles the same way he did when he came in for Leah mm -hmm. and he gets to like probably 40 to 42 yards. I already had a little thing of grass pre-ranged. I'm like, okay. So I'm trying to roll and I'm watching him and he's like watching the blind. He's like pinned right on the blind. I'm like, he can't see me because I had the windows like blacked out with a sheet. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, you did. Yeah. So I knew he couldn't see me, but I'm just like, I'm trying to be careful moving. Mm -hmm. And by the time I had got my sight rolled, he was already moving away from me. I'm like, oh no. And I'm like, there was my opportunity. He was 40 yards. Now he's, his ass is to me. He's going away. Well, he gets up to the north edge of this plot and he starts chewing on the borderline mm -hmm. and joe said there's milo in it so that's he, he was nibbling on the milo mm -hmm. and i'm like 
I ranged him three times. I'm like, I don't want to get a wrong read at this distance. Three ranges, 52, 53, 53. I'm like, okay. And it was just in my head. I'm like, holy shit, that's the distance. I was, I was practicing that at the yard. Like, all yeah. this is just kind of starting to line up. I'm like, all right. And I go to roll my sight and I can't see anything. It's it's 4.30 in the afternoon, which there's still plenty of light for the shot, but inside that blind... It's pitch black. It's, it's getting dark. Like, it's not pitch black, but it's getting dark enough to where my eyes couldn't pick up the numbers. Well, when you're looking out in that daylight and then you try to pull back in... It makes it right. tough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It takes a minute to adjust. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're for you your know. eyes to adjust, right? So yeah. Yeah. But you want it pitch black in the blind for people who aren't don't know, because then you wear either cam you have camo on but pitch wearing black clothing helps yep so i'm freaking out he's standing there i'm like how long is he going to stand there and eat on this borderline you know this isn't the primary food source that he came here for like how long is he going to stand here just a bonus chew on this milo so i take the bow and i actually lift it up towards the window and then i can start i can at least see i can on those hha sites on the tapes you can count in fives Mm -hmm. i can't really read the numbers but i roll it all the way to 20 i go all right 20 25 30 35 40 45 50 and then i roll it a little bit past 50 so i'm like there we go you're in you're in the wheelhouse close Mm -hmm. I, i clip on i look at him he's still feeding on that milo and i draw back I'm like, I, and I knew he was at the max of my range. Like he's he's really pushing the envelope on the shot that I'm comfortable with. And I do this on my big deer. I was talking to Jordan about how I kind of walk myself through the psyche of the shot. And I always tell myself, you know, whether the deer's 20 yards or 50 yards, I, I get back in, I look at the shot, I look down, I look at my pin, I make sure everything's good. I make sure I like the shot before I execute. And... I got that pen buried on him and I like the way everything feels and I just, I touch it off and I can't, my Luminoc doesn't, doesn't glow bright enough that I can see it and it hits him. I can tell that it hit him because I heard the sound, you know, it sounded good when it hit him. Yeah. I didn't see a mule kick, but when he takes, he takes off and he runs to the North. And you could see in the video, you can actually catch a little glimpse of it. His tail is kind of tucked and kind of twitching mm-hmm. real fast, which I thought, well, that's got to be a good sign. Uh, he turns, he cuts east, and he heads down this draw, and I lose him. All I can see is the flag, and then I lose him. Mm-hmm. I, I watched him for maybe, I don't know, 70, 80 yards. Mm-hmm. And he disappears over this bluff. I stick my head out of the blind. I'm listening. I can't hear anything. Couldn't hear crash or nothing. And set back in my chair i'm just like holy shit that just happened i just shot a huge buck the deer i've been waiting on for 30 days at 53 yards yeah and called leah first she was the first call so everybody says they call their wife first yep called called (laughs) leah first and told her she's like no you didn't i'm like i just did Mm -hmm. and you were the second call kurt I answer the phone. I, I see. I'm like sitting at home with the kiddos. And, uh, Austin's calling me. I look out. I'm like, it's still daylight. I said, it's fucking daylight out and you're calling me. It's a good sign. Yeah. That's that's what I said. What did I say? I, I'm trying to remember because I was so <laughs> excited. Cause I was like, fuck yeah. Dude, I just did it. Yeah. I just shot him. I was like, I just remember being so stoked for you. I don't really, I don't even remember the phone conversation to be honest because I was stoked for you. But I mean, so the emotions are weird because... I knew that I just got an arrow in my target buck, but I couldn't see where it had hit him. 
Yeah. I heard the shot. I seen the tail wag and I'm like, well, sometimes those- it's tough at 20 yards to be like, sometimes you see it directly, but sometimes when you shoot, you're like, I couldn't follow that arrow for nothing. Yeah. Right. And if the Luminoc would have been glowing, it would have helped. Yeah. Not Luminoc, it was a nocturnal. If it would have been glowing, it would have helped so much, but I just, I couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. And, and then I called Ross right after that. And that, I think that's when the adrenaline dump just all hit me at once. And I just lost my shit. Yeah. I was hyperventilating. I was crying. <laughs> I, and I, I didn't throw this part into the story, but I was emotional on this hunt anyways. So my grandmother passed away at four o'clock that morning. Mm. And I shot that buck at four o'clock that afternoon, literally 12 hours after my grandmother passed away this deer came in and gave me that shot. That's wild. And I mean, I, so I was emotional anyways, just coming into this thing. And then for whatever reason, everything hit me all at once when I called Ross and I just broke down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that, that shit's heavy, it's dude. A, it's a, it is heavy. it's a big, big deal going on here. I, yeah. And honestly, I've, I've never talked to anybody on the phone after such a high and a, and a terrible low all at the same, and just hit yeah. them all at once. I mean, emotions come out when, well, I think you people have everything going on at once. People right. that don't really understand what deer hunting means to people like us, and then you know, with deer hunting his family and all that, and you add all that in, because it's like it's. Uh, I think people on the outside might think that we just want to kill deer, and they don't understand like a, a deer. We care about deer. Like yep. we, we generally care about deer. Like we talked earlier, we don't want to see a deer fucking suffer through freezing cold. And we we've talked about. I mean, we talk about ethics a lot in the history of the almost 500 podcasts we've done. And if you haven't, if you don't know us, then you don't know, and it's easy to call judgment. But if you followed us along, you know that yeah. we are the first people to tell you to fuck off if you're going to poach a deer or do something shitty or whatever. Um, but just like the passion and the heart and soul we put in. Right. Well, I'll go a step further, and I'll say that it kind of defines me as a person. Like 100%. everybody's got that one thing they're good at, and for me, it's, it's chasing big deer mm-hmm. and... Uh, when somebody kind of calls you out on that or questions your character, questions your ethics, you're, they're questioning your character as a person. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. fighting words is what it, it is. It, and that's how I felt when I started getting the heat for this. I, I was jittery. I mean, it feels like when you're getting ready to get in a fight, you're just mm-hmm. pissed off. And I was just like that all day. Mm-hmm. But I guess I just wanted to illustrate that point of how much this deer meant to me. And when I got the shot and broke down, it was just a very emotional time. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been waiting on that. I've been waiting on that opportunity for a year mm-hmm. and, and it finally came around. So very, very emotional, very heavy moment for me. Yeah. And to execute that shot at 53 yards, I mean, there's no bigger pressure. I mean, you can, you really can't put a pressure on a guy any more than that. No. Yeah, right. So Definitely it not. always feels good to execute under those high pressure situations. Yeah. Well, and even to go even a little further, you know, like, yeah, I, I agree. Also, I think it defines all of us as, as people. But, I mean, all of us in this room are best friends. Yep. And would we be as close of best friends? Well, we never want, all of us never would have met if it wasn't for deer hunting. Exactly. And that's yeah. a fucking fact. Yep. That is a and fact. None of us, how many groups of friends try to get together on a weekly basis and do what we do and get to spend conversational time together? How many other groups of friends do you know that do that? Slim to none. Consistently. Slim to none. Fucking, I don't know any of them. Really? None. You know, so for someone to come in and question whether or not we're ethical or do the right thing, fuck you. Legit. Fight us. We'll be at the trade shows. We'll list our trade show dates at the end. If you have an issue, you can meet us outside. Yep. Hit us up. We'll be there. Bike rack, 330. 
Let's go. My crack. Behind the swing set. <laughs> Got an old fucking Donnybrook, boys. <laughs> old Donnybrook. Bring your fucking recurve. So <laughs> we'll talk to you on a forum. <laughs> we'll bring Jeremy back. Yeah. We'll, we'll have the security boys there. Jordan, you'll come It won't come be with. pretty for anybody. Yeah. But no, I mean, well, we're, we're kidding, of course, but I mean, or maybe not really, but... But really, we're that passionate about it. Like, yeah. you know, it's if you want to question who we are as people, this is what we do, man. We care about it. Yeah. Like, Ethics are uh, very important to us. I mean, very. We're, and we're, we're kind of we're, we're kind of jumping ahead to... We are. We are. But we we're kind of jumping ahead to what everything fed off of social media wise. But um, yeah. So let's let's if we can go. Yeah, we'll I wanted back. to get across like the emotion. It's like that's, you know, it defines you as a person, it defines us as yep. our, our friendship, you know, yep. and. It's easy to get jumped ahead because we care about it. That's going yeah, back well, to the emotion. Passionate thing. about it, man. But yeah, you're call like you're. I get it, dude. Like going back, Ross is trying to reel us back in. I get the emotion, man. Yep. Like it's that's heavy. It's not going to get much bigger than that, and that's why I say like I pulled off an epic shot. It was the shot of my bow hunting career. I mean, it was. It ended up being my my biggest buck, my biggest archery buck, and it, that's the longest distance I've ever. Uh, killed a whitetail at so that was my epic shot of my bow hunting career mm -hmm. uh, for people that laugh at the word bow hunting career well i've been doing this for 25 years on mature whitetails only so i consider that a bow hunting career. Damn good career so anyways i make all my calls i probably took a half hour 40 minutes to make these calls and by then it's dark like mm -hmm. i wanted to give the plot a chance to clear out because there's deer there's actually deer smelling like right where my buck was at so i'm like okay that's you know it's kind of odd um so i get down and not to mention for people that in question you give deer time anyway yeah right. that's just the right thing to do you mm -hmm. don't see where the arrow hits you have no idea where you hit the deer mm -hmm. you, you're playing it safe so I get down, I walk over, and the nocturnal is actually glowing, but it's like really faint. So it's not like full force. Is it one you'd practice with? I, I practice with all of them. Shot his moose with, and then yeah, shot you got to get the, the good out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I'm a farmer. Saving all those good ones. <laughs> got to get your money's worth. Got to save that money. Them <laughs> pennies, you know. Yeah, I've seen them blow out too when you hit a deer. Yeah, like the like the impact. Yeah, will yeah. Knock them out. Well, this one was working, but it wasn't working very well. So it. It was a miles on it. <laughs> well, it was it was a relief to walk up and see the arrow there. I'm like, okay, you know, I, I got a pass through. Yeah. Hopefully, it wasn't a bad hit. And I get up and I pick the arrow up and I'm like, whoa, this is this is not what I want to see. Like this is kind of weird. So the arrow about halfway up, it looked real like almost fatty, like it was real glazed over and fatty. The back of the arrow, I could see a little bit of blood on it, but it, it was pink blood. Um, but it was it was like glazed over and weird looking and i think what freaked me out more than anything was the fact that it was cold enough that that blood had time to freeze on that arrow right. and it wasn't real wet and vivid it wasn't the blood that i wanted to see it, right. it freaked me out a little bit it wasn't um, the dripping wet it wasn't like yeah it wasn't soaked yeah so i'm like okay i didn't see where the arrow hit the deer and the arrow is not what i was hoping to see it's not good enough for me to pick up the trail tonight. Um, there was good blood. There was good first blood at the shot, but it looked the same way. It was pinky. It was pink and hazy and just, you know, it was just kind of weird looking. On a deer of this caliber, this was my hunt. You know, it was my call to make. I thought, 
do I take the chance to come in, you know, five or six hours from now and take a chance of bumping this deer? Because mm. I'm elevated on this ridge where a lot of whitetails can see you. As soon as you start tracking, you're going to be skylined. Yep. I'm like, do I take the chance, come in, look around for more blood, take a chance if he's bedded 100 yards up, you know, and, and blow him out? Um, I elected to go ahead and leave this deer overnight. You called And, and I you called, called me. everybody and everybody agreed. Yeah. Yeah. You called all, me. All of us agreed, I'm sure. But, yep. but well, I've been on, I've been on the, the very same blood trail with Austin in the past and we waited six and a half or seven hours on, yep. on a deer, the bluff 170. Yep. And I had the camera rolling, came up behind him and we jumped that deer. Yep. He was bedded down. <laughs> wasn't dead and i knew where that shot was at it was a good shot i mean i tendering that deer but he was quartered into me yep not a super aggressive quarter but quartered into me enough that when it exited it caught liver and gut and exited the entrance looked great but the exit was far back and i knew it was i thought well seven hours you know it'd be plenty of time for that deer to expire well it wasn't and we jumped him up and, and we you actually you actually him. seen that shot what's up you actually seen and that I, shot. yeah i knew right where that shot was at right so, so Moral of the story is we've been there and done that, right? We've yep, been we've yep. been in we bump we bump big deer before. Um, it's it's not a good feeling. It's not fun. No, and it's how you lose deer, and sometimes you don't ever get them. Yep. N neighboring properties. I mean, adding all the variables. Yeah. Any, um, any experienced bow hunter knows this. Yeah. One thing I wanted to talk about before we continue on, you know, when Ross we were talking about, like we we call each other, we bounce things off each other, analyze, like, hey, you know, the arrow's looking fatty. Um, there's a white hair on it. There's this. The blood's looking weird on the back half. Like, we talked about this. We went through, I mean, we're on DeerCast, going through DeerCast track, and I'm like, man, like, the fatty part and the white hair, and I was like, I hope you didn't graze him. Or low low shot. Or a low yeah. hit, yeah. which which sometimes can require a lot of time. I've it, hit a, a, buck. a low hit can show good blood can at first good. hit. It's probably, the deer's probably going to bleed. Yep. But it might not be a fatal shot or it might be a shot that requires several hours for the deer to pass. Yep. Exactly. Um, I hit a buck low. Like if, if I wouldn't have known better and cleaned the deer, I would have said heart shot, but it was just below the heart. Yep. And that buck went like 600 yards. I'll let him go overnight. We ended up finding him. Yep. But um, yeah, low hit will bleed a lot. Yep. Um, even a graze. If you get a graze that's into some of the meat, it'll yep. bleed a lot. Yep. You know? And so especially that would be blood right away. Yep. So yeah, we we debated it. I'm like, man, I don't know. Like we, you and I went back and forth. There's for a so bit. much analyzing that goes on yeah. with that shot. If you don't know where that arrow hit, there's so much analyzing and so much question there. It's like, man, I, there's nothing more that I wanted to do than go in after that deer after like three or four hours. I wanted to get my hands on him. You yeah, know, he was huge. Well, and even the blood that you saw, it, it was just real pink and yeah, and fatty arrow, and it's like, yeah, I don't know, man. Yep. Yeah. It. It was, uh, and everybody will say, well, pink arrow, that's, I mean, everybody knows that's a lung shot. Well, the arrow didn't look like a lung shot. Right. And no, there weren't, fat all th there weren't big piles of bubbles. There were no bubbles at first blood. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't see any evidence there that I had just smoked two lungs. Yeah. Um, now in hindsight, knowing what happened to the deer, do I wish that I would have went in and tracked oh, yeah. for 20 yards? Yeah, I, I do wish that. Um, but I didn't because I knew that I would get skylined right there if he was bedded up within 100 or 150 yards. But I wanted to mention it's, it, was gonna, it was 12 degrees that night. Yep, it was going to be a cold night. I knew the meat was going to be good if the coyotes didn't get to him. Yeah. But in our neck of the woods, it's a reality. It's a gamble you take. And yep. 
I can't say percentage wise what I thought the chances were that the coyotes would get to him, but I knew there was a fair chance that the coyotes would get to him. Mm-hmm. But that's just a call you have to make. Like, do you go in and bump the deer and lose him? Uh, or <coughs> do you take the chance on the coyotes getting him and still get to recover Excuse him? Me. Um, right. You know, if Mother Nature's on your side, you go in and everything's perfect and the deer's laying there untouched in the morning. Yeah. And there's a good chance that that could have happened. Well, um, I think another thing I think a lot of internet warriors forget is, yeah, go in, bump him. He runs to the neighbors. You can't get a hold of the neighbor. He In Illinois, if the neighbor tells you, fuck off, you're not going, guess what? You can't go. Yep. Right. And you Iowa, yep. you can. Yep. Illinois, you're out of luck. Yep. So how much do you gamble? Yeah. I think Austin... Back out. It's on your property. It's 12 degrees. Go get them in the morning. Well, every bow hunter knows the old saying, when in doubt, back out. And right. when you yep. don't see an arrow hit a deer, that's red flag number one. Yep. Um, any experienced bow hunter knows this. If you don't see that deer fall and you don't see the point of impact and you don't see the arrow that you want to see, you back out. You back Absolutely. out. Absolutely. I think right there, we don't, even though we probably will here in a bit, explanation, done. Yep. You have a problem with that? Shut the podcast yeah, off. Yeah, we're moving on. Moving on. So we get uh, everybody rounded up in the morning, and we roll in. Ross rolls in with me. We take my sweet ass Suzuki X90 <laughs> in. Jordan does a badass video going in. <laughs> yep, badass. It's on our socials. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. That thing is badass. We need to do yeah. a video tour of that thing. For sure. I like the working class rap idea. I think that needs to happen. I still think you should need to get a rap printed that's like turkey feather pattern. Uh, maybe we'd do a combo Just, with a hybrid of the two, if you will. We got a leaky tire we need to fix, too. Oh, yeah, a leaky that's tire. minor details. Yeah, fill the doors need some WD-40 put on them. It's fine. <laughs> we got, Not we now, Jordan. As long as the T-top still works. I'm trying to sell this thing, Jordan. I'm trying to up the value of it, right? What are tires, really? So, so, so we roll in, and it's cold. I mean, we're we're bundled up. You can see our breath. I mean, it's it's cold. I think it was 14 or 15 degrees that morning. So I'm like, well, this is chilling. good. You know, if he if he was hit bad, this is going to be good to help finish him off. Yeah. And uh, we start in on that trail, and in the daylight, it looks totally different than it did at night. I, I looked at first sign and first blood with my shitty ass uh, flashlight on my on my phone. Mm-hmm. So in the daylight, it's like, oh damn, that looks. That looks good. Way better than last night. Right off the rip. Mm-hmm. So the first five yards look good. Then it kind of petered out for 10 or 20 yards. And then after that, it's like, okay, he's bleeding out which, both sides. Which if you would have went 10 or 20 yards and saw that, you would have backed out anyway. Maybe. Right? Yeah, but he had, yeah. just, he had just ran over the ridge. So is he bedded right at the bottom of that yeah. ridge? Or, right, right. And right. like Austin said, he might daylight or <clears throat> John Wayne him, yep. you know, looking up that ridge if he's bedded down, down low. So, yep. Yeah. So we we're we're cooking. I mean, once we get like thirty yards in, I'm like, oh boys, here we, we better go. Here we go. This is looking real good. And we're looking up and we're following the blood trail. I mean, twenty yards, thirty yards up ahead of us, you can see the blood. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shit, this is good. I'm feeling real good about this. And we cre- we go to about where I last seen him. He dips down into this bottom. And I crest that bottom and I'm kind of looking, I'm like, okay, he's not at the bottom. Where is he? Like, I'm starting to freak out like that deer. If he's hit the way I think he is, he should be right there. Yeah. And I look down the ridge and I could see red. I'm like, uh oh, there he is, boys. And as soon as I saw it, I knew the coyotes had got to him. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I was elated that the deer was there, uh, wanted to recover this deer. And then you have the other emotion of, well, you know, I, I've lost him. The coyotes got him. Yeah. So we walk down the ridge, we get to him, and this deer is destroyed. I mean, I've 
the the deer that we bumped got taken by coyotes as well. We had to leave him overnight. Yep. So I've had to leave two big bucks. I've had to leave three big bucks overnight. Two of them have got taken by the coyotes. Mm-hmm. Um, in 25 years. In, one in 25 a, years. One was a 50 to 60%. This one happened to be like 100%. Yep. They they took all of him. They didn't just start at the ass and, and work on the ass like sometimes they'll do. Mm-hmm. Uh, this deer was gone. I mean no no meat in the ribs uh they actually chewed one of his ears off and chewed his nose off that right there is like is mind-blowing i've never seen that i've never seen that in pictures or anything i mean just i've never seen that on a deadhead that's been laying that i found in like shed season and and like jordan jordan and i were talking a little earlier when we we were all three on that recovery uh there was nothing fresh about it like it had been there like they got on that thing Right away. Right away. Yeah, was, looking which, at looking at that blood, and that's why a lot of people were like, well, how can you call it a double lung shot if the carcass looked like that? And when you've bow hunted for a while and you see that blood trail, you kind of understand what happened, right? And people yeah, yeah. say, well, why didn't you get on the blood trail then? Well, I think we've already explained that. Yeah, we've already explained So it. following the blood trail, it was pretty evident that it was a double lung hit. I mean, that deer ran 150 yards, and the only reason he made it that far is because he was going downhill for 50 of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he didn't try to bed in any cover. He was piled up in the middle of an open road. I mm-hmm. mean, this deer was dead on his feet. I'm guessing within two or three minutes, this deer was probably expired. Yeah. So that, that in itself was the most important thing to me was this deer did not suffer. Uh, I executed a great shot. Uh, I didn't know it at the time. I was nervous, but it ended up being a great shot, an epic shot, the shot of my career, however I want to word it. Yeah. That's the shot that I made. Mm-hmm. Um, so bittersweet you know we were checking the deer out and obviously i mean he's massive and uh just emotional like i said an emotional roller coaster um you don't get to put your hands on a whitetail like this every year no uh i've been doing it for 25 years he's my biggest bow deer um just gnarly i mean I've got the score sheet here, but I know most of it anyways. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's 17 and 17 and a quarter wide, narrow deer. Uh, he's got three times over 11. He's got one over 10. He's got two over nine. Uh, he's actually an eight-point mainframe with common matching common threes on both sides. And when yep. you look at him from the front, his t- his main tines stay in line. And then he's got these, these uh, common threes that kind of kick out yeah. to the side. So, which makes him look awesome. Yeah. Confusing. Yeah. yeah. But like confusingly cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It's hard to Just explain. It's right a weird framed deer. Yeah. He's got two little burrs on his left beam at the base. He's got that, like I said, that little hole on his left beam that creates another tine Kick, that kicker. comes out. That was challenging to measure. I had yep. to do some thinking on that He's one. got a little piece. Looks like a little piece of popcorn down there. Yeah. This, this little guy. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. And then he's got like a five inch drop, um, nice beams, 25 on beams. Um, go through his abnormals. What's his total in abnormals? Well, if you were counting his, these, yeah, they uh, are, they are, you'd have, uh, over 30 inches of abnormals. Yeah. So the, (laughs) once I measured that up, I was like, Oh daddy, (laughs) we're, uh, we're (laughs) We're, for something good. We're on to something here. (laughs) Yeah. And, and we knew he was good, right? We, I was just counting those abnormals as fours and counting him as a 10. I'm like, yeah, as soon as we walked up on him, I'm like, Ross, this deer's 80. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's like, yeah, that deer's 80. We From the cameras, I was, you know, guessing low 70s was my was my honest guess. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, we debated that a lot. Yeah, yeah. He, he was heavier. His mass was better. He was a little taller than I thought. Um, ended up ended up coming out at one eighty nine and a half, mm-hmm. uh, which which beats my my other double drop tying archery buck, which was one eighty eight. That's insane, man. I know. So I I thank you for letting me measure this deer. Oh, I I measured in myself and I come up with like one eighty six. I'm we talked I, how you're always short. I'm usually stingy with my own deer, which. <laughs> It's fun because I know that they're probably going to grow an inch or two, yeah, which is fine with me. So for people that are new to listening to the podcast, I've been an official measure for 11 years. Yep. So um, almost 12 years. So that's why I re-measured it for Austin. Well, you just greened it real quick. Yep. And I'm like, well, I've measured deer for Austin in the past. And then I'm always like two inches. Two few, or three inches off usually. Two or three inches <laughs> bigger. I've watched Austin measure baselines. I'm like, dude, give him, the, give him what he is. I'm stingy. <laughs> I'm stingy with that. I don't want to yeah. be the guy that overscores my own deer. I, I get it. But... You know, I'm like, dude, I, whatever. I, we'll have to have a crash course on how to measure baseline. I, I've watched you do it. I know how you do it, but I'm not going to do it that way because <laughs> I don't want to overscore my deer. If I'm a half inch over, I'm going to be like, damn it. Yeah, but it's correct. Yeah. Sir. Well, either way. But I measured him up. So I tally him up and I like to build like the suspense, you know, like, what do you think he went? <laughs> yeah. He went around the table. So uh, where are you guys at? I, well, I think I said like 187. Yeah, and then everybody kind of was in that area. What'd you say, Ross? I think I said 184. By the way, we're up in my man cave celebrating this deer. I got a deadhead laying up in the middle of my beautiful man cave, so yeah. we're celebrating around this buck up in my man cave. It's beautiful. Having a few cocktails, beautiful. having a few old fashions. It's magical. It was magical. And uh, I, I go to Awesome sitting across his bar. I'm like, what's your biggest archery buck right now to date? I knew it was good when he said that. <laughs> and you, you were like 188 and whatever. Maybe Play-Doh Snakes. Oh, yeah. And I reach over, I shake his hand. I'm like, you just killed your biggest archery buck, brother. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool, man. It was awesome. So we, uh, I wish I could have stayed and got real drunk, but I had, a, I had to be a dad that night, you know? I had a few. Yeah, you should have. Yep. <laughs> you should still be drinking a lot of them. Well, I am. I'm, uh, dude, absolute specimen yep. of a whitetail monster it's mega 100 here's the thing once you started talking about this buck i mean i know from last year and whatever but talking about him killing him this year i'm like this thing doesn't know that its days are numbered like it's mm-hmm. just you know what i mean you get you're a calculated guy like this is not an accident no, no anybody no, that's no, followed no. working class boner knows it's not an accident i don't know like we kind of have this undertone that we're talking to people who don't know who you are. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of new listeners on this podcast with the controversy that this picture generated, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, um, when you when you spend an entire day prepping for that night's hunt, uh, you know that there's a pretty good chance that that deer's going to... I didn't know that I'd get the shot, but I knew that I was probably going to see that deer. Yeah. And I was prepared as I could be. And, uh, you know, I'll probably get some shit on the shot, which is understandable. Um all I'll say is if you know us, you know how much we practice. Uh, mm-hmm. This moose trip, I lived in my yard this summer, and I lived at 70 and 80 yards. Um, am I comfortable shooting at a whitetail at 70 or 80 yards? No. Um, 50 yards, yes, I'm very comfortable with that shot. And depending on the circumstances, you know, this this deer gave me the perfect opportunity to exercise my comfortability with that long-range shot. I mean, he was... He was pushing my limits. You know, if he'd have been 58 or 9, uh, might have elected to go ahead and let him walk. But mm-hmm. he, I felt comfortable with the shot, and I went ahead and took it, and I'm glad that I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you did, too. And, uh, I mean, dude, just an absolute stud. Yeah. Absolute beautiful buck. Monster. To kill a moose, 
a mid sixties buck and a one ninety. It in is one season. truly a dream season, man. It right. beat it beat my best whitetail season by four or five inches. My my prior <laughs> best season was a one eighty eight and a one fifty eight. So I can't remember the exact math, but it was like four or five or six inches. I. I beat impressive. my best season by, and then you throw in the moose. It's you killed your biggest archery buck and your highest netting archery buck in the same season. And a moose. And a moose. And I, like I said, you literally can't script a season like that. And I'm no. so, so grateful um, for everything and the way it came together. Um, could I have uh, done things a little different and had this turn into a perfect situation? Yeah. You know, if I would have elected to go in a couple hours after the shot and, and look at the blood for 30 yards, uh, this whole social media shit storm would have never been. You know what I think, born. Austin? I think if you waited three hours and went in, he still would have been eaten. And that's and so we talked mm -hmm. about this. Um, actually, my brother's son shot a deer this season, and they left him for four hours, and they came in, and that that deer looked like this deer. I mean, he was down to the bones. Well, Doug, um, you're big, big buck in 2017. Your G, your 17 yep. G two buck 20 or 17 inch G two buck. How long did you leave that buck? An hour. Um, Hour, probably hour when we started tracking, then uh, the exit hole was probably, what, four feet wide? They ate shit out of it, the exit like hole. that whole one side was gone. They ate a whole side of a deer in an hour. Yeah. Yep. Well, imagine if you would have waited four hours. They'd been right. gone. It'd have been like this. Yeah. Yep. I've had deer get chewed on on the ass before, but it's just kind of, you just, you, you know, you deal with it. Yeah. I've been lucky. I've only let a few deer go overnight, and they've been fine um i had one deer a doe that i shot that i don't know what got into it, it was years ago when i was really young it freaked me out i was young enough it freaked me out something crawled into the entry hole and ate the guts out of the thing Whoa. i don't know if it was a raccoon possum. or a possum or what that freaked you out a little bit i, oh, I remember possum. seeing i was like probably 12 13 maybe yeah, i'd have been nervous coming up on any white tail after that yeah i'm like no where'd they go what the hell it was weird Whoa, possums so, do that. Was this a possum, you think? Definitely. That was a long time ago. I remember, like, getting I've with seen my dad. My dad was like, "What the?" <laughs> so I've seen him do it to cattle. Yeah, oh, do really? The same thing. Oh, yeah. Yep. Aliens. Yeah. I had. Aliens. Uh, I shot that uh, South Dakota mule deer, and the next morning I went in after him on a a shot that was back, and there was three coyotes on him when I came up over the hill. That's the, that's the famous coyotes. deer that you went down the hill on the deer sled and slid right yeah, up next yeah, to Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my <laughs> my deer sled <laughs> sliding. <laughs> that was fun. That took me back to being a kid. I know. Didn't you accidentally delete that video? No, I still have it. Oh, we, I thought I asked you. We were looking for it to post it because you, you come down the hill and you're like, hey, buddy. You slide right up to yeah, this deer. Yeah. I know. I still have it. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to get that from you. Yep. But anyway, more of the story, coyotes happen. Yeah, yep. they. I mean, anybody that bow hunts long enough and plays this game understands this. And I've had a, a huge outpouring of support, um, you know. More so, so than anything. Yeah, and so when we took these pictures, I didn't realize the shitstorm that it was going to cause, right? So I knew that people were probably going to, some people were going to be upset about the condition of the deer. But Working Class Bow Hunter podcast has never been about hiding anything or Photoshop or making anything look anything other than what it was naturally. So when I posted these pictures, I wanted to kind of illustrate the true story the way it happened. You know, if I saw a huge public figure that posted a picture with a deadhead and say, well, here's the buck that I shot. He's all cleaned up and European and everything. My first thought would be okay so what's the story with him like why yeah. why happened? don't we see any field photos or if you just capped him off yep or just 
the rack only like and everything else is gone yeah so i, I looks wanted, like foul play i wanted to have all questions answered with a deer this caliber um and a lot of people didn't like that uh and i we've we've talked about this um we've got a little bigger spotlight on us now than we've ever had mm-hmm. um i'm not just humble austin farm boy slash deer hunter anymore you know there's a lot of people watching what we're doing here so mm-hmm. it was probably not the right photo to post looking back on it um Yes, I wanted to tell the story, but we probably should have incorporated some Photoshop or something to tone the to tone the original picture down a little bit. So my apologies for that. Um, I guarantee you, I'll never post another one like that. No, <laughs> no. Honestly, after all that, I was like, if it wasn't for the podcast, I think we should all delete social media altogether. I, right. I honestly, the first guy I thought of was the Mitch Rompola and the Rompola buck. I'm like, people look at that guy and they think, well, why would he do that? Well, I understand why he did it. He was yeah. a recluse. He, he was a lot like me. He's an introvert. He would just soon stay at home and do his own thing. Yeah. Um, so I understand why he did what he did. Yeah. And honestly, the last day I've been on the verge of deleting all my social stuff. If it wasn't for the podcast, it'd have already been done. But well, that being said though, so we had that post up, and we had it up majority of the day. Yep. And uh, we actually had a, a Zoom meeting, like basically a company Zoom meeting for other stuff. And that kind of the second half, we talked about the photo. I'm like, well, what do we do? Like, there's uh, probably just as much, if not more, su- positive feedback. And like, man, you guys show how it was. We appreciate that. I'd say like eight percent positive. Eighty percent. Yeah. Yeah, probably right. And then. Uh, it got to a forum, and then I talked about this in the past. I found a forum thread about me personally. I didn't kill a 190. It was just about how much I fucking sucked. And I'm like, damn, I don't have a 190 to patch <laughs> yeah, up right. how much was, I suck. It wasn't even about deer. It was, it was, about it was just you. about how much I'm a douchebag in a thread. I was like, I don't know what forum it was. They're all fuck. Like, Come on, man. It's 2021. You're still on a forum. It's like 2003 <laughs> type shit. So I'm reading this. I'm like, damn, I didn't even. It's the same thing. We're going back when Michael and Nick Mont, when we were talking to them, um, in person, we were drinking, yep. literally drinking beer with them. And uh, Nick Mont was telling us this. He's like, Michael, you see this forum? Sending Michael all these forum links. And Michael's just, you know, cool as a cucumber, just who he is, you know. Man, don't read that shit. It's just a bunch of idiots on there. And Nick Munt said he's scrolling down and he reads a thread that says, man, that Nick Munt's a douchebag. He said, he's like, what did I do? <laughs> so, so then they kind of said that. And then I remember... Um, Larry Mack told us this, and he goes, you know, I had a conversation with Waddell, and Waddell told me, if you're not pissing people off, you're not reaching everybody. Well, this wasn't, this definitely wasn't uh, intended to piss anybody off. No. When I I posted this picture, I I had no intentions of pissing anybody off or or igniting any social media post. I mean, the deer is big enough to do that on his own, right? Right. It's clearly transparency is what it was. Yeah, and we talked about this. Like, if this deer would have been a four-corn, would he have gotten the the outrage that he 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 got? He wouldn't have. No no fucking way. Austin, I love this deer, but we got to move it over. My eyes can't do this anymore. (laughs) Like, I'm focused on the antler than you, the antler, and my eyes. Let's look at him from this way. I want to look at that big old bot fly hole. That whole whole time I'm trying to focus on you, and then the antler comes in, I'm like... Jesus, I'm about to lose it. Show me that bot fly hole. Yeah. Okay, so... Or <laughs> <laughs> <Show me> that <laughs> bee hole. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a bee hole, sir. That's a pickup uh, line. Yeah. You want to see my bee hole? <laughs> <laughs> We're idiots. This is why people should hate us. Yeah. yeah. Right. So right. for all the first-time listeners out there, welcome to the fucking show. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but, I mean, 
anyway, it's just, yeah, you, the forums and stuff, it's like, man, come on. And, and you know, you know, it is maybe a little shocking, but and my my argument was, was like, man, if it was like a gut pile with like ripped open intestine and stuff like that's graphic, that's guts, that's gruesome. Um, I think if the head wouldn't have been touched, yep. the nobody would have had an issue because it's just literally ribs. Well, and right. I, another big issue that people had was the fact that I was smiling in this picture. Um, yeah, obviously, I didn't want to recover the deer that way. Right. So everybody, no would want to. everybody wants to walk up on an untouched buck like this, you know, you get, you get robbed. I mean, we knew that the deer had died quickly. So that was my biggest concern with this whole thing. Um, but I, I lost the meat. I lost the Cape. I lost the good pictures. I lost the opportunity to drag him out and have that whole experience with my buddies. I mean, you, the hunter gets robbed in a situation like that. Yeah. So, but it's, it's out of the hunter's control at that point. Yeah, it's what do a, you do? You're, you're dealing with mother nature. I mean, we, we live in a house, right? Tooth, fang, and claw. Yeah. Ted Nugent just said it on Rogan. Yep. We, we live in a house. When we exit that bubble, we're in their world and mm -hmm. we forget that. Like those coyotes have the right to that deer if they come up on it. And everybody's so pissed off at coyotes. Like, they're surviving. They're doing what coyotes do, you know. Listen, it's, it's part of the doing, circle. They're doing the same thing we're doing. Yep. As much as it sucks. Yeah. What do you do, man? We're, we're in their world at that point, and we got to remember that. Yeah. So. And, 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 and as cold as it was that night, I mean, that's that's a thing. It, it drives coyotes to want to eat. I mean, yeah. they're hungry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It makes everything move when it's it like helps. Cold. It helps a big deer die if, yeah. need, if need be, but Just otherwise. in general, animals are active. Well, you know, they're out yeah. there. When I walked up on that deer... And I saw that I was going to recover that whitetail. That was the biggest thing that was important there, to me. There's a sigh of relief. In I, a way. I, I was relieved on the blood trail because I knew that that deer was dead. I, I knew that deer hadn't suffered. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm going to smile when I shoot my biggest whitetail. I don't have to apologize to anybody for smiling, and yeah. even when the deer's in that condition. Exactly. Um, if you don't like that, then you can fuck off, I guess. No, it's very... I, I cut off the I guess, just fuck off, because, yep. I mean, you just said it right, dude, perfectly right there. It's it's what it is. It's part of the situation. Uh, Mother Nature is brutal, man. And it kind, uh, you know, get on the, the Instagram page, Nature's Metal. That right there is like, yeah. man, this deer... You know, this deer was not alive when coyotes started eating it. Absolutely not. And I've I've seen that before. Um, that's ugly. You Dude, know, the mm -hmm. amount of Instagram and Facebook messages we have got since this we posted that initial photo of uh I got sent a couple of crazy like time lapse photos of a doe bedded getting eaten alive oh by like six coyotes. Could you imagine? Oh dude, the, the time lapse was like several hours into daylight yeah. long. Ugh. Like that is that is brutal. Yep. So I think Ruthless. it just yeah. Anyway, it, it's it's unfortunate, right? But the deer did die ethically. Your shot mm -hmm. was great, and I mean, here's he the problem: suffer. if I, I was getting bashed on a forum because I killed a 190 and a coyote ate it out of your control, what do you do? Well, like it's, I said, it's it's hard to be mad when you when you shoot a big deer like this, but when people are questioning your character, your character, and yeah. your ethics. Uh, when that's the most important thing to you, uh, it wears you down. You know, right. it, it got me down. Um, we could all tell that you were yeah. you're upset about that. I felt so fucking terrible when we had that post that there was any like negative shit like that because I know how you are. Like you're an awesome guy. To, to for you to go back and like want to reply to some of the congratulatory comments and have to sift through people being absolute fucking douchebags. Yep. Right. So you know we talked and I was like you know I'm gonna. 
I'm going to take that photo down because all it turned into was a giant magnet for negativity. There's a lot of people like, man, you let them, you let the negative people win. Well, I get what they're saying. My biggest concern was I wanted to show the real case situation. And like I said, our podcast has always been about transparency, being honest, real way, being straight. So up. That's why I was reluctant to take the picture down. But after we talked it over, that was the best move for the brand and for me. Yeah, yeah. because what happened is we reposted it. And you basically talk through like, hey, this is what it is. And um, and it's like 100% positive comments. Yep. And you know what? It's like, man, all those people that were just being assholes, most of them didn't follow us because I looked. Yeah. And I blocked a lot of them because why have them in your life? Right. Um, we don't need that shit. And a lot of must be nice guys in there. A lot of must be nice guys. The guys we always talk about. Guys who are completely unfamiliar with our podcast. Same thing with those yeah, forums. The, 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 the guys that have hunted for two or three years and killed four does and they're an expert. You yep. know, that's the kind of people you're dealing with. Exactly. So um, it's unfortunate, but we shout out to everybody who left a positive comment. And dude, our following has went up the messages the comments the support has been insane and we thank you so much and i know i've, I've gotten i bet two or three hundred messages on the last two days and all of them yeah, positive so thank that's you very awesome. much for the for the support yeah. guys i mean i i i type the same thing a lot like appreciate it man thanks a lot appreciate the support and uh i i really do like i just want to say it here on the podcast for everybody listening you know it's it's nice to see that outpouring and that that support um when you get stuck in a situation with like this where a lot of people are ripping at you it's nice to see that a lot of people have your back and agree with you 100 pretty crazy yeah. too on all the negative comments how many other people jumped in oh yeah oh, once yeah. once yeah. one person starts in then all their buddies got to chime in too yeah and with a deer uh, like this a lot of it's jealousy you know everybody well, I mean, like the support of people that backed you up yeah. oh yeah for sure yeah shout out to those people too it's uh it's crazy, man. The internet's the devil. Yep. It is. It's crazy. It's uh, but no, nah, dude. I think doing the the repost was a, a good move, and um, yeah, everyone's just awesome that supports us, and mm -hmm. it's cool like knowing the people that have our backs, and and you know what I mean. It's like, man, I saw some shit. I don't even bring it up, but like comparing us to poachers. Yeah, it's, and I'm like, clearly, you have no fucking idea what we do here. That that fuck that, off. That graphic yeah. <laughs> that graphic photo really triggered a lot of people, and I can understand it now looking back on it. Um, yeah, I'm but, but there's, to be honest. But there's no reason to for the comments and the things that were said. I mean, it's just people being petty and jealous. Yeah. Um, I I actually did a little homework on this, and I don't know if you want to share it or not. This yeah. podcast is going in a nice direction, so I don't know if you want to. Let's share some stuff, dude. Well, I think so, right? I've never been the kind of guy to brag on myself, and anybody that has followed us in the podcast knows this. I've never been the guy to toot my own horn, and you're always yeah. asking me, well, how many got on the wall? I don't know. I don't like. I don't keep track. So you told me, you're like, you need to go up there and do that for this podcast. Yep. Yep. So what I did is I kind of assembled an entire list of my whitetail career, if you will, for mm -hmm. the people that were laughing at the word whitetail career, like I'm a pro staffer or something. Um, <laughs> WCB pro staff. We yeah. give them like a 20% discount on so, uh, hats. Let me hit you with some knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> let me drop a bomb on Shit, you. He's going to spit some game here, boys. <laughs> drop All a right. beat. <laughs> so for anybody interested, here is my my bow hunting resume um we're just talking whitetails here and we're specifically we're just talking bucks okay okay and then and i i have my gun deer in here as well so on these on these deer that i'm talking about five of these are gun deer so i've shot three under 125 uh one of them's a big six okay so two turds <laughs> um i've got uh four in the 30s one of those was a traditional archery buck i've got 
five in the 40s. One of those are traditional. Three of them are big eights. Okay, so Impressive. all stud 140s. Yep. Uh, I've got six in the 50s. I've got five in the 160s. I've got two in the 70s. I've got two in the 80s now, and I've got one in the 90s. Um, that makes 16 deer over 150 inches. Um, I've been, I started doing this in 1997, uh, was unsuccessful on shooting a buck that season. 1998, I killed my first deer. So that makes 28 deer in 25 seasons. Um, and I went on a four year dry spell when I was in college for obvious reasons. Women. Understandable. Yes. So here's the archery statistics. So five of those deer were gun deer out of, out of the 28. So we're going just archery now. Out of 28 deer in 25 seasons, I've wounded four deer. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's pretty good. So that's yeah. impressive in itself. Yes. We're, you're talking about big animals. You're talking about, you're getting in the game. You're getting in the mix with archery equipment with 150 plus inch whitetails. Okay. We're not talking does here. Mm -hmm. I've hit two in the shoulder. One of those was in my very first season of boat hunting. So the big no, no, right. You stay off the shoulder. So I've done that twice in 25 years. I hit one high uh, at 10 yards in 2015, and I hit one in the throat in 2005. I was It was a late season hunt. I had a park on, uh, didn't get my anchor point right, hit him in the throat. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's four wounds in 25 seasons. I have missed three. One of those was my traditional archery buck that I got the second shot on. Mm -hmm. One was a, a deer that ducked me at 40 yards. And one was a yardage misjudge when I was 15 years old. It's impressive, man. In, impressive. Yeah. In 25 seasons, I've basically missed two deer. I Man, that's got to be up there with like, if someone calculated their seasons, that's up Any, there, but man. Anybody else that wants to come forth and give me shed on ethics, uh, I'll be right here. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's a... Well said. Very fair. Very fair. And I think very justified to list that out on a podcast yeah. because, you know, there's some mad haters listening. Well, people want to understand my ethics. That's that's my honest resume. Mm -hmm. So I'm not the guy out there throwing shots at 70 yards hoping to get lucky. Yeah. I, I don't shoot at a deer unless I'm going to kill it. Yep. Right. So um, we left, and I've got that row down. I left three deer overnight. Coyote's got two of them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's that's it. So those are the points I wanted to make, I guess. I mean, ethics are extremely important to me. The most important thing in bow hunting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, usually guys that are traditional archers aren't going to cut corners. And I pride myself in being a traditional archer. I jump back and forth, obviously, between the two. But mm -hmm. um, I've, I've always been an ethical bow hunter. And anybody that says otherwise just doesn't know me. 100%. Yeah, definitely, dude. And I think uh, we're going to start making Austin Chandler baseball cards because, <laughs> damn, son, the stats on that are uh, – that's a collectible right there. It is. Like you said, it's a holographic bow hunting I, I don't, Bow hunting career. I hate doing this because I, it's not me. I don't want to I don't want to talk about myself. I don't want to build myself up, but I feel like I need to defend myself on this platform. Sometimes so the Lord's got to flex a little. Yeah, you sorry know for I mean? flexing. <laughs> Anybody that wants to measure, come on over. Yeah. Hey, well, uh, we need to make an Austin Chandler baseball card and put it in a little resin case, and we'll have it right there in the studio between the signs. <laughs> I had, I had a Michael Jordan basketball card like that. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Sometimes the Lord's got to bring the locust. <laughs> Fuck shit up. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, I, I think it's cool that you listed that because there's yeah. probably a lot of people just curious. I think it's interesting, man. It's uh, You've been a staple in the working class bow hunter interviews. And if anybody has to question that, all your most of your deer stories in the last five years are on record. 
Yeah, I mean, fresh. And like, honestly, most of these deer I have on video. So if there's ever any discrepancy on legalities or ethics or yeah. any shot, like come and watch the video. And even then, too, like to clarify, I'm not saying that like we're like all knowing on game laws and stuff because there's a lot of game like game laws are designed to fuck people over. So you have to pay a fine. They mm -hmm. are. We've argued about in our one of our chats of what this regulation is when you read it here in this front page of the book. But once you get into the pamphlet or the book, it reads it different. What's right. You call a game warden. They don't even know sometimes. Yeah, like, the, oh, verbiage, the verbiage is like, what the fuck does this yes. even mean? It, a, lot, a lot of it, it's designed to screw you. Now, yep. we're not talking tags like, oh, shit, you didn't have a tag and you killed a buck. You thought you'd just get away with it. And we're not talking that. <laughs> right. We're talking like, you know, finable type offenses. Now, if one of us did that knowingly or then got caught and found out about it, would we talk about it on the podcast and up to 100% we would. Right. I would actually prefer to be upfront and talk about it. If I like got a ticket for something, yeah, just be like, I thought I was or this, or I wasn't aware I paid my $150 fine. And then whatever it may be. Sure. It's better to be upfront and transparent rather than to be like, Oh, the lady at farm King deleted all my tag history that I bought. <laughs> I don't know what fucking happened. Like, come on, bro. What are we doing? You ain't joking. Yeah. Nobody, you know, you could just be like, oh, I didn't fucking look and I thought it was there and, I, and it wasn't there. I fucked up. That would be the easier route right? and pay your fine and do the thing you got to do. I get it. Not every fuck up is a let's burn this dude at the stake type fuck up. Sure. So that being said, if something ever does come down the line, no, we will own it and we will talk about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you're not going to see us talking about it. it's just a fucking speeding ticket type bullshit. You know what yeah. I mean? So just to clarify. Yep. And that's just being real about it. You know what it is? Cause it's easier to just face your issues head on and it just gets worse when you try to bury it. Yeah. Like sweep under the rug. Right. Like so many guys we've seen that are big time TV outdoor channel famous in the past. We don't need to name names. We know. Um, but that just being said, it's like, you gotta own that stuff, man. It's just part Absolutely. of being a human being and yep. people fuck up sometimes. What do you do? Um, but in this case you didn't. And I yeah, love that you wrong. listed that off. And I, I'm so proud of you, man, I'm, for being I'm too. calculated and m this deer did not suffer. And, uh, you know, here he is. Well, like here I said, it, it was the, I've said this several times, but uh, this is my new pinnacle of my bow hunting career. I mean, how do you get any more epic than that? Dude, you, you don't. It's freaking giant. Absolute you know, stud. In, in the end, if mother nature wouldn't have screwed me over, this would have been a Cinderella story. I mean, yep. absolutely yep. perfect. So mm -hmm. unfortunate the way the deer was recovered, but it's the ugly truth. When you're a bow hunter, you know. Coyote yep. Palooza for working class bow hunter yep. just got a little more interesting. And I don't know if we're ready to close, but I've got something I want to close with if we are. You, um, wherever you want to go, man, if you think there's more to talk about, it's your podcast. How are you guys feeling? You guys ready to close? You got anything else you want to talk about? Um. No, I mean, uh, I guess one thing I should say is if people are new here and listen to this whole podcast, they might not understand. A lot of people who do listen know how we are and we joke around. Yep. Sometimes we say things we don't mean. When We say a lot of things sarcastically in good fun, as in like giving your buddy shit. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm like, meet us at the trade show, fucking fight us. I don't really mean that, but if you want to come fight us, yes, we'll probably fight you. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't really mean that, but I mean it. Or you just want to come have a beer. I mean, we ain't no bitch. Cool but what I'm, I'm obviously just kind of being hard headed as kind of like to get a rise out of 
it's, it's I'm trying to make the podcast fun. Right. And I say a lot of stuff in podcasts and over the almost 500 we've done, I say a lot of things that I don't actually fully believe in because I know it's funny or people get that I'm not being serious. Yeah, there's a little sarcasm in there for people that aren't used to the platform. Yeah, and I do that a lot. Almost every episode I do it. And it's almost even we all I, do it. We all do it. But I feel like I'm worse at it. I'm like probably the guy who does the most of it. And it's all the kind of for fun. Like, I don't want a podcast that's like Q&A, Q&A, and I'm not listening to the answer. I'm just thinking about my next question. I want no fun. I want to make it fun. So that's what we're doing. So if you ever get offended by that stuff and any of these conversations we have, I'm just relax. It's not for real. I, I'm you know what I mean? We're just having a good time. We're being we're Trying talking shit. Fun. We're talking shit. It's funny. Now, if, if we really want to talk shit about you, we'll call you out. <laughs> See what I'm doing? I'm going back. I'm, I'm doing it. We don't know. Is he joking? I don't know. But no if you're knows. upset, fuck you. You know what I mean? <laughs> See, I'm doing it again. See, I, I trapped myself into that and that's what it is. But it's a good time, I think. And I do, if I can say something, I say. do want to throw this in there. Um, I am one of the lucky guys that gets to hunt some of Austin's farms. And anyone that would question his integrity as a bow hunter should well he probably won't be invited to see his farms but they're literally whitetail and turkey playgrounds mm -hmm. and the dude does it right all the time and i was there with ross and austin on his recovery and i think he did everything 100 percent legit yeah. for sure and appreciate nothing, it dude. nothing you can do about it it's yep. mother nature yeah so definitely i mean that's all that's really all there is to say yeah to walk up well, on a whitetail that caliber is unbelievable unfortunate with the coyotes but what do you do insane but. animal and all all the respect uh to the animal i mean yeah mm -hmm. they don't grow them like that every year boys you just nope. don't see them no nope. nope. you just don't see them i've but not seen one yet like that so i i've got something that i i got something that i want to close with if yeah. we're ready to close yeah i uh i got a really nice message from somebody and oh yeah this is good yeah i Forgot. i figured people would enjoy this so I had a really nice guy start following me on Instagram. I don't know if you guys have heard of him or not. His name's Joe Rogan. I heard of him, I think. And never heard of him. He's got that podcast called Joe Rogan Experience. I think it's something I've heard of it. The UFC guy. Yeah. That's that's the UFC him. guy, yeah. Got it. So I messaged him after traction. he started following me and I said, Hey Joe, appreciate you following me. What's your take on all of this controversy about my buck? And Joe says, Hey brother, take the take my take is there. There's a lot of people out there that weren't taught how to think. They automatically criticize everyone they can while avoiding turning that same attention on themselves. People just love to be negative. It's sad and it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. What you did is exactly what everyone knows you're supposed to do. Don't let it get you down. And I said, man, it really means a lot hearing that from you. Thank you for the response. You fucking rock, dude. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Joe fucking Rogan, man. I'd like to close it with that, boys. Good way to close it. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>